Welcome to Hot on the Presses, episode three. It's been a minute. I've missed you all. I know. It's been uh, it's been a little bit because we were at spring break. I thought you were going to say we were at Savannah Stopover. For the entire the whole <laughs> I was going to say that. It's a long ass stopover. I know. I was, that's not a stopover. That's like a stay. <laughs> that's the main event. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about saying that and then I realized that that would be a fallacy that I would be saying. So I needed to, to correct myself. But yeah, the last couple of weeks have been spring break and we have not been allowed into the media center. We've been condemned. It's holding, it's taking all of my energy, like like every ounce of psychic energy within me right now to not say phallus when you said fallacy. No, me too. I was trying to say that it would be fallacious and then I was like, phallus. Mm, yeah, and that sounds like fallatio. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just a little bit too much for me in that moment. Official school sanctioned podcast, baby. Hell yeah. And I'll, I've said it once and I'll say it again. That's the good part of podcast. You can say whatever the hell you want. Um, all right. So, so yeah, as we mentioned, uh, Savannah Stopover happened, um, which was uh, the week before spring break. So that was three weeks ago now. Um and that's our little uh, our little Savannah local festival. Um, we get local acts and also touring acts who are just kind of passing by uh, for a couple nights. And uh, I was a volunteer. I was around for the both days, um, hanging out with artists and giving tours and et cetera, et cetera. And then Sophie visited me on the second day. I purchased a ticket like a schmuck. Um, yeah, I got free free entry and, and I... free schmoozing. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I had no schmoozing. I did not partake in any schmoozing, but I sure did partake in seeing some really good bands. Yes, you did. I did. You're wearing a, a shirt for Soccer Mommy. I am. I did was, that on purpose. Who was a headliner. Yes. The headliner, I would the say. The headliner. Um, Soccer Mommy are awesome. I love their album Color Theory. There you go. Colon parenthesis. Um there were some issues with the set. Did, did you see that set or were you backstage at the moment? No, I went for the set and left halfway through. Because I thought it was kind of boring, wow. and she did not seem enthused. Well, the sound was fucked up. Yeah. They fucked up the sound, which I was very sad about. And I I hate to say that, the review of her show, because she's not... It's not her fault. Yeah. And the guy like who was running around backstage like trying to fix the sound was very clearly like super pissed off with the people like working for yeah. him. It was a bit of like a the one guy felt kind of like a bumbling Jack Black character. Like he was just like <laughs> switching fucking wires just and seeing like what plug- would work. literally like at one point they were just like plugging shit, just trying everything. Yeah. And the guitar was not you could not hear her. You could not mm. hear the guitar. So yeah, halfway through one song everything just cut out and she was like trying to sing and you could not hear her at all. Oh, it that sucked. sucks. Yeah, that that always sucks. And I think, yeah, she was definitely a little pissed off after that. Yeah. Um, can't blame her. They finished out the show. They played the hits. I enjoyed it. There overall. you go. Yeah. I, I think that part of it is just an issue with her as an artist. She's not super one of my favorites. Um, I tend to find a lot of her stuff a little bit samey. Um, so when I was there, I was just sort of like, I was, well, I was hanging out with Nordista Freeze and his, his Goonies. Mm-hmm. 
hi guys if you're listening um you better be uh, we'll see and uh so i uh i was with them and we just kind of looked at each other and we were like is this what soccer mommy is, is sitting and nodding for like <laughs> an hour because <laughs> that was like basically all we were doing there was re- not really a lot of like dancing or vibing really happening so i was a little mm, iffy on that mm-hmm. um yeah, and it also I think my my uh, taste of her is colored in the same way that your taste of snail mail is colored mm-hmm. because they get compared to each other so often. Um, and yeah. I did we talk about that on the podcast? I don't think we have, but I'm a snail mail enthusiast, and Sophie is a soccer mom yeah. enthusiast. Every time I listen to snail mail, I'm just like, I would rather be listening to soccer mom. <laughs> and that was how I felt when I was at the show because I've seen snail mail live and. I was like, and this was during the Lush era when it was a lot more uh, singer songwritery mm-hmm. and a little less like more, more bandy. Um, and so I was like, oh, okay, woman on stage with guitar. I would rather be watching Lindsay Jordan right now. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of just like, eh, for that reason too. But I'm glad that you had fun. You yeah, had a good. funny, a funny moment um, with the Slim Jim. <laughs> <laughs> God. Okay. So we saw this band called Dead Tooth. Shout out Dead Tooth. That was a great. Those set, guys great were fucking set, awesome. Yeah. Um, sound wise, I would compare them to somewhere like pavement with a saxophone. Yeah, they're, they're fun. They're like a, a post-punk act. Um, the sax adds a lot. Yeah. The sax player was going bonkers. He was so So good. good. Um, vocal delivery kind of reminded me of, uh, Viagra Boys was the other Mm, band mm -hmm. I was thinking of while watching them. Like more, more, (laughs) this is a low bar, but more cultured than Viagra Boys. (laughs) Like they definitely like... (laughs) At least pretended to have their act together. Yeah. Um, character wise, like I'm not accusing Viagra Boys of like being degenerate. No, like for real. Like <laughs> the character of the band was definitely yeah, like yeah. more put together than Viagra Boys. But that's where the sound was. Plus a really good saxophonist. Yeah. Um, they were on the uh, the New York Brooklyn scene with Bambara. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I was like, hmm, <laughs> attitude. I like it. Neat. Um. Yeah, they were really fun. And midway through the set. Someone on stage just started hurling Slim Jims <laughs> into the audience. Like, not even, like, the the shits that you get at the gas station. Like, full. I'm talking full foot long, like, the yeah. big, slim, the huge Slim Jims. Like, they had a Slim Jim budget. Yeah. They put, they put dough into their Slim Jims. Yeah. And, like, it was almost hard to process what was happening at first because, like... <laughs> You know, sometimes there's antics on stage. Yeah. You don't generally expect bands to start throwing things at the <laughs> at you, audience. Yeah. And then when it lands on your foot, you look down, you don't expect that thing to be food. Yeah. Much less a Slim Jim. Qu- yeah, quote, quote, food. A, a cylinder of processed meat. <laughs> I do I do like processed by the boys. Obligatory <laughs> proto-martyr joke. Thank we're, you. We're thank a you. music podcast. Yes. Um, listen, the, to, listen to Ultimate Success today. Go listen to Ultimate Success today. Um yeah, you don't expect a, a long cylinder of processed meat to land on your foot. No. A phallus. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, yeah. And then, so I just had that. Yeah. <laughs> just holding that. Yeah, and then, and then when we saw my boys, as I've mentioned, Nordice Freeze, big shout out. Awesome set there, too. They were fucking crazy. Were there was awesome. a moment where Freeze, like, disappeared off stage, <laughs> yeah. and then, like reappeared on like, top of a shipping car like a shipping I, car i think it was a building yeah it's so the venue that we saw savannah Saba, we probably should have led with this yeah was um the georgia state railroad museum yeah. which is um it's cool it's i don't very I, cool i did not actually go inside the museum but we saw all their outdoor stuff which was very neat so mm-hmm. they have like an old 
uh, like 1900s train yard with like a big turntable with a giant train car on it. Yeah. And there's all like um, like historic. His- it's a historical train yard that's yeah. been like kind of ruined, but they have all like information and stuff. There's yeah. like a preserved blacksmith's shop. It was cool. So they had their show at the paint shop stage. Yes. Which was the indoor area with like huge doors where they would bring in the cars to paint them. So there's just a lot of space. And uh, the funny thing, too, is that there are rails on the floor. Yep. And so you're moshing and you're losing your footing you, because you're stepping you on a massive iron rail. Yeah. It was great. Um, so there was just like train cars and like various parts just mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, and so to the side, there were, I think, storage containers that yeah. were like the size of like two story buildings. Yeah, they were large. Yeah, over to the side. And so Freeze disappears off stage. We're like, where the hell is he? We're all moshing, doing our thing. And then we look over. And, like, if this was a theater production, there would have been, like, a quick turn and the light would have focused (laughs) on him. And he's standing there, uh, like, in all of his glory, flourishing on top of this this cart. I will say. And takes his hands and rips his shirt in two. I, no, I was gonna say. I think by this point he had already lost most of his clothes. Yeah, he was. He was. He had already lost most of his clothes. I think that that was when he tore his shirt, <laughs> um, and then he was just in boxers. It was so good. Yeah. Shout out, shout out, Freeze. Also, just for like being the kind of band to like. He, Freeze would charge off stage yep. and start a pit himself before yeah. getting back on stage. Like shout out for that because this was generally a pretty tame crowd. I think like, and that's not a bad thing. Yeah, but they were like, kind of old. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, it's Savannah, Georgia. <laughs> um, shout out to all our old listeners. You guys rule. We love rule. you, old people. We love you, and please keep doing your thing at shows. But elderly people over thirty, <laughs> literally, freeze like being willing to start a pit in this crowd. Was that was awesome. like it was so good. Like yeah. I was kind of waiting for something like that to happen because I was sort of thinking it would happen with Dead Tooth, but it didn't. Yeah, and then freeze just like went ape shit. It was great. Yeah, and all of the the backing band. All of them were doing great on all their instruments. Like, they all had like their soloing moments, mm-hmm. and that was really fun. Um, it was just a super involved show. And so, at one point, Freeze plays this song, Quiplash, where it's just <laughs> yeah. him, it's yep. him, uh, like bragging about how he won two games of Quiplash. Mm-hmm. Not one, but two. Twice. Yes. He won Quiplash uh, twice. Then he went and won Quiplash twice. And so, he's playing that one. And that song is like very heavily auto-tuned. And so then he finishes the set and uh, and he's he's standing there on stage and he goes, what, you cowards? You're not going to throw anything at me? Come on, throw something. And then he, he turned, nobody throws anything. We're all just kind of laughing. And then he turns around. And at this point, Sophie and I didn't know that we were at the same set. Yes, we got separated. I was trying to see Anjimali, who... Anjimali's awesome if you don't know their work. They're like a, a like a folk pop rock artist please go check out on jimily um their stuff is amazing and uh they pulled out they weren't there so i was like standing there watching like 10 minutes of some other set i was like wait they're not coming out yeah so i was like okay i guess i'll go to the thing megan is at yeah and we had like lost track of each other like hours Various ago at times, this point yeah and so i i'm standing there with my bag and he's like Come on, aren't you going to boo and throw shit at me? And nobody's throwing anything. And so I pull the Slim Jim out of my bag and I turn to the person next to me and I say, should I throw this? And it was Megan. (laughs) Like we had completely lost track of each other. And I pull out a Slim Jim and I turn directly to my right to just some random person. And I say, should I throw this Slim Jim at the band? I make eye contact with Sophie and I go, yes. (laughs) 
most surreal moment of the festival. <laughs> so fucking funny. Like, it was like, where, where have you been? I was like, I don't yeah. fucking know. And then I was like, chuck it. <laughs> so I did. And then that started everybody else throwing yes. stuff too. Um, so I threw the first brick at Stonewall anyway. I literally was about to say you threw the first Slim Jim at Nordeast to Freeze. Like that is your moment. <laughs> <laughs> After the show, some who was that guy? Who was who? The oh. person who handed the fucking Slim Jim back to me. <laughs> <laughs> who was that? Was he with you? Was oh he with God. the band? I think I was backstage at the time. And then I come back out and you're holding it again. Some and I was guy. like, you got it back? Some guy handed it back to me. He was like, here's your Slim Jim. I was like, thanks? I think I slapped him on the ass with it. <laughs> Which I felt bad about, like, five seconds later. But I hope he took it in stride. So that guy, if you're listening, I want to formally apologize to you for slapping your ass with a Slim Jim while mildly inebriated. I really want to apologize for that. Oh, that's so funny. That was wrong of me. That was, no, I think he probably felt it was right. I hope. If you're trying with Nordista Freeze, I think. Yeah. Dude, I, I think that's the vibe a little bit. Once again, big. So like I said, I volunteered and I was uh, hanging out in hospitality and just kind of giving tours. And so I ended up kind of like getting adopted by Freeze and, and company. <laughs> um, I was just hanging out with them pretty much the whole time. Um, there are worse people to be legally adopted by. For sure. Them and also um, Daniel Donato's group. Um, I was kind of hanging out with them and also shout out Chipper Bones and Joshy Drop hanging out with them. But primarily I was with Freeze. And so uh, at the end of day one, I was like, oh shit, like I have to get an Uber. And uh, their manager, Tyler, was just like, do you want us to take you home? And I was like, Ooh, take Hog me home tonight. tonight. Yeah, so I, I I got that, and so I I, I pile into their van, and uh, we we were driving, and we get to Victory Village to my dorm, and they go, "Do you want to go to Fancy Parkers?" I was like, <laughs> "Of course I want to go to Fancy Parkers. Why do I not want to go to Fancy are Parkers?" They, are they Savannah native? No, they just heard of it. They'd they heard, just heard legends of, of Fancy, Fancy Parkers. Parkers, which is fair because Fancy Parkers is like a different realm. Shit, Fancy Parkers is one of the most batshit things that exists. In yeah, Savannah, it's Georgia. crazy. So so Fancy Parkers is a gas station. Parkers like, is a gas station yes. chain around here. It's yeah. just like a fucking gas station you can go to and get snacks and whatever. Yeah, but Fancy Parkers has like a restaurant in it. Like not a restaurant. Restaurant, quote, like, quote. For, for, it's high class for a... Uh, you can get shitty fried chicken. Yeah. And then you can also get like homewares. Uh, yeah, like bad There's, like, home There's like pillows decor. in yeah. the front. Um, a well-stocked liquor section. Mm-hmm. It is it's surreal because like on the outside, it's just a, like you pull up to the gas pump and you pump your gas yeah. and you go inside and it's like, it's like if HGTV made owned a gas station against. yeah <laughs> it's so funny it's really weird absolute it's pointless too is the other yeah, thing yeah. like there's no reason for them to do this yeah so i've had a lot of like misadventures in there i just tend to go in and experience things like yeah. the world happens at you when yes. you're at fancy park 100 um and so i'm i'm in there and we uh i get my my second meal for the day which what I had had that day was a single apple in hospitality okay. for the entire like 12 hours that I was out. Meal. And then I got a very uh, generous application of the word. Meal. Yeah. So I had an apple. And then uh, when I got to Fancy Parker's, I was like, oh, OK, well, I'm pescatarian. I don't trust their tuna. They have nothing else for me. 
So what I got was a uh, hot chips. Hot chips. I did not. I did not get me some hot chips and a cool drink. Took a sandy seat on the shore. Um, I just got a uh, a chocolate fudge parfait, and that was my second meal <laughs> nice. of the day. And so as we're leaving, um, you're like living the college lifestyle while working a job. Yeah, like that's what's going on. Yeah, here. I mean, I wasn't even getting paid. So they were like, "Are you off the clock?" I was like, "Guys, I'm not getting paid. I can do anything. I, like, I can go anywhere." <laughs> so uh, the, first of all, God bless S. Grant Parker, chess master, uh, who was also in that in that group. He just goes yum check. <laughs> <laughs> saying fucking yum check ever since isn't yum check that bitch from dragon ball z <laughs> that's the funniest fucking thing i've ever heard it's i'm gonna so i have to funny. start saying that yeah so yum like, i like he's eating like the ghost pepper like chicken sandwich and he goes yum check and then takes a bite and it was the most like vine moment i've seen in 2022 um Really quick diatribe, so, but yeah. that reminds me of the time, and this doesn't have to be in the final podcast if you don't want it to be, but mm-hmm. I um, visited the lovely eating establishment in Savannah a few years ago known as Betty Bombers. Okay. I don't um, know this. Well, I don't go there because it scares me. It's inside okay. the American Legion, so it's all like old veterans that are usually in there, Ooh. and it's all decorated with like World War II memorabilia okay. and like guns on the walls, yeah. and all the waitresses are dressed up like 50s waitresses and it's like going into a ski lodge and just seeing animal heads on the wall i'm like i'm uncomfortable <laughs> yeah if the animal heads were probably transphobic okay. <laughs> so you, you press a button it calls you a slur <laughs> um <laughs> god um yeah so they have they have a burger that has carolina reaper peppers on it okay it's they've, it's like carolina reaper pepper jam because the place where they grow those is like actually like really close to here okay it's the hottest pepper in the world yeah um and i ordered it because i'm fucking stupid Mm -hmm. and i ate it and was enjoying it and then the spice it was spicy yes it was very spicy Mm -hmm. but once i finished it it didn't stop like it was just like like after i had finished eating the burger my my mouth was still getting spicier okay (laughs) and i have a very distinct memory of stopping outside we were about to take the bus home Mm -hmm. Uh, it was me and my roommate my friend gracie um and i was like guys i need to stop in the fashion building because the scad fash building um because i need water like right now i'm gonna die yeah i'm like seriously dying like i was sweating i'm sure i looked like i was like red and so I'm like, and I bust into the fashion building and I'm wearing like a white t-shirt and shorts and I had sauce all down my (laughs) shirt and my face was blank white except for my lips, which were bright red because of the sauce. And I'm looking around and this is the fashion building and it's all these beautiful people in spectacular outfits. Where's the bathroom? And I'm in the bathroom of the SCAD fashion building, like filling my hands up with water in the sink and drinking it like mortifying like a, ordeal you must have looked like like uh, the most tr- ronald like, mcdonald is what a, i looked just like just a train wreck of a mime I walking in there with like you saw dripping down your shirt it was so bad God, it was so funny. bad 
Um, so that doesn't have to be in the podcast, but it's I'm keeping it. That's okay. funny. Um, but, so 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 Grant was in there, and uh, he was so that, like, that was not a yum check. Don't do that. No, okay. But he had a yum check, and he was like, well, first of all, he said that this the it wasn't even that spicy. He said that it was spicy enough, but it wasn't like crazy. Um, and uh, so ever since then, I've been saying yum check. But uh, when we were leaving, um, I ended up seeing a girl named Olivia from my um design 105 class shout out olivia if you're listening shout out olivia let it be known i had not spoken a sentence not a word nay a syllable mm-hmm. to olivia in my life okay and i look over and i go oh that's olivia she's from my design class the band rolls down their windows and goes design class <laughs> and they start fucking cheering for her as we're leaving and she's sitting there with her friend and she looks bewildered she looks absolutely baffled and like like a pinned animal um and she's <laughs> that's the thing that's exactly the energy they had on stage yes like it did not stop that's just, just who they were they as people. just do shit yeah and so but freeze god bless his heart freeze is a very sweet man He's sitting there and he goes, guys, stop. Please stop. He's so uncomfortable. <laughs> he thinks that we're torturing this girl. He he looks absolutely like he looks more terrified than she does. And so she she sees me in the back seat and I'm like waving at her fr- like frantically. And I'm <laughs> like, I'm like, please, it, this is me. Like, I promise uh, there's somebody in here, you know. Um, and then as we're leaving, Freeze is like, I can't believe you guys did that. And I was like, I'll, I'll apologize to her. Don't worry, man. And then. They bring me to the dorm and we're driving behind an Uber and the Uber stops and who gets gets out out. but Olivia. Oh my fucking God. And they go, is that? And I go, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) They start cheering for her again. And she's standing on the sidewalk outside of Victory 2 and she's just like, are you following me? (laughs) And I'm sitting there. I'm like, at this point, I'm not even waving. I'm just like, I'm sorry. Like I'm mouthing sorry to her and freeze is like on the verge of tears. <laughs> he is horrified. Oh <laughs> Olivia, I saw her um, on the last day of class as we're leaving, and I I just go, hey, I just I feel, yeah, I just feel a need to like explain to you what happened. Like I'm sorry, and she was like, oh okay, like thank you for the closure. Like <laughs> I was hoping that this podcast would be the closure for her. No. That you just ghosted her after that, and she would have to like tune into Scad Radio. To no, thank God, I was able to. I was able was. to tell her, and I talked to Freeze like yesterday, and I was like, "Hey, I just want to let you know, like I, I, the, I, I cornered told, Olivia. <laughs> no, I told Design Class that like what was happening, and I apologized to her, and he goes, "Oh, thank God." <laughs> I go, yeah, you can sleep soundly at night now. He's like, for real. So that was that was a, a very funny way to end day one. That's very funny. Yeah. Um Sasami too. I was just about to pivot, like before yes. before we move into our records for this week. Do you talk a little bit about Sasami? Yeah. What so, it was like seeing those songs live. So I um I only had tickets for one day because yes. I'm broke. So Sophie was at day two, which was when Dead Tooth and Freeze and uh, Soccer Mommy were playing. But I was also there for day one when Sasami was the one headlining. I also saw of Montreal that day. Um, oh, what'd you think? I've seen them too. They're great. Um, it was a little underwhelming, honestly. Oh. Um, I didn't stay for the second half of the set, which oh. was when I heard it got much better. Yeah. But the first half was like really boring. Kevin does apeshit stuff in... Like, I saw him headline Stopover, like, three, four years ago. 
Um, and they had like, I'm surprised that there was, you said there wasn't a lot going on because they had like, they had set pieces and stuff. Yeah. It wasn't that there wasn't a lot going on. It was just that musically it was kind of like, I could be seeing more exciting acts right now. Okay. Um, are you into it, Montreal? Not super. Okay. Um, I have yet to listen to a full album of theirs, though. Okay. You should check out... Um, I'm going to look at the one with the big cherry on the cover. I don't remember which one that is. They have like 50 fucking albums. Let me look up the name for you. Um, and you can talk about how you saw them. The one... Oh, yeah. So I saw them headline stop over a while ago. I thought they were great. Um, they brought out like a fucking giant mechanical possum suit. That had like eight people in it, and it was like running around and opening its mouth um, while Kevin was doing. Um, I don't remember the name. Their songs are impossible to remember the names of because they're all shit like Heimdall's Gate, like a Promethean curse. You want me to remember a full discog of that? Fuck you. That's very funny. Um, I think it actually may have been Heimdall's Gate, like a Promethean curse, which is funny. Um, but yeah, they were like, he was like, <laughs> I have not heard that one. Cherry, Cherry peel. peel. That's the one that I've heard the most about. And the other one is a uh, hissing fauna. Are you? The That's destroyer. the one that I know. Yeah, yeah that which one's really is good. Their big one. Yeah, that one's really good. So I'm planning on those two. Uh, the Sunlandic Twins is the other one that I really like. Oh, okay. Their newer stuff is not as good at all. Maybe he was playing all the new stuff. Maybe before, They're... and I think that was actually what I heard said was that he was playing all of the newer stuff mm-hmm. before and then second half was all the hits i see yeah I, I didn't like their last couple records at all yeah um and i guess i did see them before this came out yeah so maybe i just uh, you're out. just got a good one i just got a good one that was an awesome stopover though that was yeah. probably the best one i saw okay of montreal and faye webster was there oh cool and gus dapperton was there oh wow that was fun seems like fun yeah yeah it was a good one um so after him um i saw sasami and sasami was fucking incredible like probably one of my favorite uh definitely one of the best sets there um because she did a similar thing to freeze where she got the crowd really involved okay um she so i was in the front row with alex holmes and uh and Haley. shout out yes shout out those are our uh, music director Haley is our music director for radio and alex is the uh previous content director i hung out with them for um christine leshber Yes, That's they uh, they're awesome. So I was there with both of them, and uh, thank God Alex is a is a mosher like me mm-hmm. and wasn't a Sasami enthusiast. So we were like making pits and like having fun and pushing people around. And Sasami was like, "Are you my little demons?" And we were like, "Yeah, we're your little <laughs> demons." Like <laughs> I was like reaching out and like putting my hands up, and I was in the very front row. It was an awesome, awesome show. That sounds awesome. Yeah, and she sounded amazing better than recorded i think yeah because the bass was there mm-hmm. um which is what was really missing like we talked about last week on yeah. the record so it was heavy um her stage presence was awesome she was cool. deranged like the <laughs> the the ama yes the, so, so she up. did an indie heads ama right before the show where oh she was just God. responding and hissing at people <laughs> so fucking funny if you if you have a second and you're into sasami you should go read 
You should go read the AMA she did for our Slash yeah, Heads. It very is funny. hysterical. She is just fucking insane. She, she was... chooses to answer only the questions that are completely mundane mm-hmm. about like what her favorite food is and shit. And yeah. then the stuff about the record, she's like hiss. like she, Literally hissing at people yeah. online. It's yeah. amazing. The very co- it's funny. so good. So that definitely was a, I was an accurate primer for okay. what the show <laughs> was like. I was going to ask. Yes, she, she was bonkers. Um, and then it was really funny. We went backstage afterwards to see if i could get her contact info Mm -hmm. um and she was like oh hi like she was just completely normal (laughs) and i was like oh my god this is great so uh that was an awesome awesome set if you're ever in the area and you see the sasami's playing a show even if you're not super into her totally recommend just an awesome live experience in general so yeah that was that was great yeah yeah successful savannah stopover highly successful very oh also i just want to say if anybody from savannah stopover is listening this venue was really good. Yes. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was way better than Ships of the Sea. So if you guys can get this again, like 100%, yeah. this, this is the best venue that Stopover has been in. Yeah. Um, I, the, when the sun went down and they projected Stopover Very on the big cool, smokestack, right? that was awesome. Yeah. There's like a huge smokestack at the center of the railroad station and they, they projected the word Stopover vertically on it when the sun went down it was great it was, it was really, such a nice it was touch. really cool yeah. um and i i gotta say the venue was also a big hit with all the artists yeah um because the acoustics were really nice yeah that was the, i was gonna say the acoustics are really good and the filtering between dip, like the stages oh, yeah. were you did not, not bleed. far apart there was zero bleed which i was kind of worried about when was, i saw them it was, great. it was great yeah. it was really good really good um and also when i was giving everybody tours it was so cute all the artists were like this is so cool like i'm so honored to be playing here this is awesome that's awesome so it was, it was really sweet um yeah definitely if if we can nab that one again that would be great um i think i'll definitely be volunteering every year because hell yeah I, I didn't have any trouble getting my finals done, too, which was really good. It was, if anything, it was a motivator to get them yeah. done early because mm-hmm. I was like, I just want to be able to work stress free. Although I did turn in an essay from the audience on day two. Nice. It was very nice. funny. Yeah. Which set were you in? Um, I was watching. God, who was I watching? I don't think I was. I don't think I was very invested in the band that was playing. I was just kind of walking around. They, they would want you to stay in school, though. Yeah, so. and so I was. Uh, I was on my phone, and uh, I. I was like, oh fuck! Like I gotta turn in an essay, <laughs> <laughs> and I remembered like fifteen minutes before the due date. Oh god! So I just had to go in, and I. I like figured out how to save it as a file. It was kind of a mess, but I got it That's all turned all right. in. It was fine. I got a ninety-five on the essay. So that's good. That's because you turned it in. in the yeah. Pit. Yeah, my uh, my professor was like, "This is really good, like great points, really well written." I was like, "If only you knew where I turned this in guy, from." <laughs> guy in mosh pit, just like getting slammed around, me, like, "No, hold on, I have to put it, I have to put it in Blackboard. <laughs> <laughs> I have to type my password." Yeah, so that was a lot of fun. Yes, yeah, so very successful stopover this year. Super duper. Um, recommend it if you're local. All right, so we're going to start out with the albums now. Let's go. Uh, let's fucking go. So we're going to start out with um, something that I was not looking forward to listen to and actually got quite a bit out of, which is Rosalia, Motomami. Motomami. Motomami, Motomami, Motomami. She said that on the yeah, album she like did, a whole bunch like of times. Like a whole bunch of times. Yeah. Um, this was cool. It was shocking. Yeah. Not at all what I expected. So um, I have heard her past album the name of which I can't remember. Yeah. Um, and I really liked um, the single Malamente. Mm-hmm. It's a great song. Um, but it, the rest of it didn't really stick with me, just yeah. like because it's it's not really my genre. Yeah. Um, 
she has a lovely voice. She yeah, is beautiful. a very, very good singer. Um, and I found this record was really all over the place mm-hmm. in a way that I liked a lot. Yeah, and I did let too. her flex that vocal talent in yeah. very unexpected ways. Yeah, it was yeah. super uh, PC. Like, yeah. like, not a lot of it. It didn't, I mean, it felt cohesive in the, in the sense that it is an album, mm-hmm. but it didn't feel like oh, if you listen to this out of order, you're going to be like jarred or whatever. Oh, yeah. It well, was I was just, jarred listening to it. It was made to, to be jarring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so it was definitely an interesting experience. Arca was involved in some of the production on this record. I also so. saw, I mean, there's a very weird and kind of out of place James Blake feature. <laughs> I, did, I didn't notice him. Yeah, he's he's in there. Um, was he credited on Spotify? Yeah, he was. I'm... Well, he was credited. In, he might not have been on Spotify. I don't know. On Apple Music, he was. I missed that. Um, and then there was <laughs> also a Pharrell credit. Yep, that Which was I interesting. Saw. Um, so there's definitely a lot of big people across this. Um, which song was James Blake on? I don't remember. Um, That's a bit of a pivot for her too, because um, like, but in the space between this album and her last one, because mm-hmm. the last record is pretty much she got her start pretty much as a straight up flamenco pop artist. Yeah. Um, and on this one, she's embracing like simultaneously more mainstream reggaeton and pop influences at the same time as she's embracing all these like wild experimental kind of industrial a little bit at points yeah Yeah. um this is and we'll talk about this later this is kind of the lane i wish charlie xcx would go yeah me Um, too like straddling experimental and mainstream instead of like flopping between them like pick it like failing to pick one like really keeping a foot in, yeah. in both in both worlds. So I'm curious which tracks stood out to you in particular. Uh, I have a whole bunch of favorite tracks, but I also have a whole bunch of least favorite tracks. Okay. Um, so I I came away positive on this album. I really like this direction for her. Yeah. Um, I think it's a little scattered. Yeah. Um, which works to its favor broadly, but also like it's scattered. Like there's yeah. there's there's some misses. So my favorite tracks were Hentai, <laughs> okay. which when she dropped the that as a single and it was called a hentai, I was like, what the fuck is this going to be? And then it was a fucking piano ballad. Yeah. And then in the it that it's a lovely piano ballad, yeah. by the way. It is absolutely gorgeous. Um, which the lyrics are really horny, obviously, yeah. like super sexually charged, but like beautifully sung, super well performed. And then midway through it just like breaks and there's all this like glitchy like really glitchy electronic noise coming in to like distort her vocals and yeah. the piano and like just like laying on top of it um if you are into arca's this was not a track arca produced which i was very surprised about because it really has her fingerprints all over it um if you like any of arca's slower work um like um any of her stuff from her self-titled you will love this. This is like right in that in that lane. Um, I really liked Candy. Um, that one just had a really nice melody and was really catchy. Mm-hmm. Um, La Fama has grown on me so hard since that one dropped. I was not super... For, for some reason, I just wasn't into that one mm-hmm. when it dropped. But um, The weekend on that one, they've got a lot of vocal chemistry. I thought that worked really well. I just don't like The weekend. That's That's fair, but I think... I think it's totally fair to not like this song just because he's not he's what it. you're into. Yeah. But I think he I can slots, definitely acknowledge it. He slots much more naturally into this kind of music than I anticipated. Yeah. 
He, I can see that. He feels pretty natural yeah. in it. Um, he has a warmth to his voice, I think, that fits this style well. And I would love to hear a Latin singer with his vocal tone sort of break into the mainstream doing yeah. stuff more like this. Like somebody, not him, but somebody else like yeah. with a voice like Please this. Please not him. <laughs> um, I really liked... Um, I'm going to mangle this word. I'm so sorry. Um, Bulerias, Mm -hmm. um, which is not the kind of thing I would listen to casually, but her vocal performance on there is really cool. I just think it's a neat experiment, like the control and strategic use of autotune. Yeah. With this very, like, um, it's like a streetwise community. It sounds like people on the street, like, dancing and singing, but, like, she's pulled into autotune and there's, like, electronic, like, flourishes all through it. I thought that was just very neat. Yeah. Um, I really liked Delirio de Grandaza, mm-hmm. um, which again, like really traditional, um, Latin music elements, like old, very old school, um, elements and then sample Soldier Boy. Yeah. Halfway through. Like, so sure. weird. So weird. Awesome. But I like it. Um, and then La Combi Versace. Yeah. I was, I love Tokisha. She's so cool. Yeah. She's so cool. I was really excited to hear that. That was the track when I saw the track list. I was like, oh, that one's going to go hard. Because I think Tokisha and Rosalia are two of the people that are like really like trying hard to push mainstream Latin pop in like crazy ass directions. Um, she's insane. I love Tokisha. <laughs> she's fucking insane. Um I don't think that went as hard or got as experimental as it could have. Yeah. But it is a banger. Yeah. Um, their vocal chemistry is really good, too. So I um, it, I was a little bit more picky, I mm-hmm. guess, with my, my favorites, just because I am generally not a reggaeton fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so you will notice that my favorites are basically all of the non-reggaeton songs. <laughs> um, I, I'm not a reggaeton fan for the most part part either it's just yeah. not my thing um so i liked saoko um mm-hmm. i liked g3 and 15 oh i wasn't into that one i liked that one more than hentai i thought that okay. i preferred it in the piano ballad slot i wasn't i wasn't not into g3 and 15 i thought it was i thought it was i thought it was fine it yeah did not, it just didn't grab me yeah that was how hentai was for me so i think it's just kind of different appeals mm-hmm. um i like beauty as well and uh, Delirio de Grandesa. Grandesa. Yeah, that one's that awesome. That one's awesome. Um, I really, really enjoyed Bularius. Um, that song's... Yeah, that's a really cool it's song. It's a really cool song. I, I really preferred a lot of the... Um, the stuff that really leaned into being non-traditional, um, but also pulling on traditional aspects... Yeah, absolutely. I thought were super, super strong. Um, Am I insane for wanting to compare um, Bularias to um, Good Morning Red from last week? I saw it. Yeah. No, I can see it. I it, definitely, I, I honestly, when I was listening to this, I was like, I was That's Good getting, Morning Red by Caroline. Yes. I was getting the same word popping into my head as mm-hmm. I did with that album, which is sparse. Yeah. Um, this is, as far as pop, for sure, is a markedly sparser yeah. approach yeah, than sure. a lot of other artists would do. That's the thing. This record is going directly to a pop audience at yeah. the moment. Like, this is... I, I admired the fuck out of that, yeah. of this record. Like, if nothing else, like... It definitely is... was not what I expected. And if I had heard this as, like, a kid mm-hmm. and it was only into pop, like mm-hmm. like her, um, it would have turned me on my head. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's a it's a really interesting paradigm kind of shift for is... the genre. And if it takes off, that means a lot for the future of 
Latin pop, I think. This is Rosalia at like the height of her career, like yeah. so far right now. This is this is the most anticipated thing she's dropped. This has the biggest names on it. This mm-hmm. is like the pinnacle of the expectations for her right now. Like mm-hmm. if she were any other artist, this would be the point where she would drop something with mass appeal, with like a lot of like money and like in the sound yeah and she has chosen to take a total left turn yeah i'm i'm like just on principle i'm so here for that super cool of her yeah hopefully she keeps it up like i would love to hear another album like this um i was Mm -hmm. not so my biggest issue with this record is that her vocals are like very front and center Mm -hmm. which is a good thing because they're awesome but um on certain songs and i actually said g3n15 for this where you might expect her vocals like when she's doing runs or like holding long notes to interplay more with a backing track to like let the emotional impact hit you it just kind of doesn't mm-hmm. like that it, it just leaves her sounding pretty but kind of in like a bit of a vacuum on yeah. some tracks i thought that that was kind of interesting mm-hmm. and i liked it which is probably why i like g3n15 yeah because it makes it feel very alien mm-hmm. um which it's not that's not something that I've really ever heard approached on a mainstream pop record like this mm-hmm. because I think that a lot of the time pop will tend to lean into like a a false warmth yeah. or like a pseudo personability or like congeniality. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one definitely fully, I think that this is sort of her embracing the fact that she is separate mm-hmm. from society and she is she is a celebrity Mm -hmm. so i think that that coldness is more just introspection or introversion yeah um and i i felt that it had kind of a really nice honesty to it and i might be reading too much into that presentation but i really liked it for that i uh, i thought that it it felt human in a a very interesting way i i will bring up the the cover art with that as definitely. well definitely the helmet yeah her silhouette on the cover is very weird like just yeah, the, the way she's portrayed here is is odd yeah um i like, think it's definitely the fact that her face is cut off yeah and it almost is like it reminds me in silhouette of the scream a little bit yeah i could see that yeah because like with the way her hair is like the the her hair is very large like it's it's taken to the side very large and almost like wing shapes Mm -hmm. and then she's wearing a giant motorcycle helmet and there's like text like difficult to read like strange alien font text of the album title like plastered over her and she's naked obviously so like it it feels very vulnerable but at the same time very like dominant impersonal yeah yeah it's neat yeah she's i think i was looking at the cover like intently the whole time that I was listening to this. Are you sure you're is, not gay? I'm, Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure? I knew that was coming, but uh, <laughs> it's not. It's not because. Well, it it is because it's eye catching, obviously, to see somebody that naked. But also because I was uh, cooming over the text design. Um, that the like moto mommy itself is like. It's very cool. It's really cool. It's very cool. Um, the and I, I like, like the, butterflies. I love the neat. effect on it too. Um, and just she, she looks um, domineering in a really interesting way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it would be super easy for her because she is butt ass naked to look a little bit um, like, like you said, vulnerable, but not in like the admirable um, way that we are seeing her as on the album 
in like sort of the like feminine uh what's the word like coquettish like, yes yes yeah. like out of out of control like not out of control in like a crazy way but she is unable to take control yeah um i think that sometimes nudity on covers can feel that way and a lot of the time those albums tend to be like emotional ballads or something mm-hmm. um like laid bare in that sense but i think that the the barrenness of the album combined with that cover is a super super interesting choice Mm -hmm. so like artistically this is a super interesting it's record i think it's very i think the the first word that comes to my mind to describe the whole thing is it's very precise yeah everything about it is it's like surgical yeah it that's also a really good word like it is it, it sounds surgical yeah um I will say the only thing that I didn't love, you could, if you know me at all, you will be able to predict what I'm about to say. Um, it's that there's no drum kit. It's just the reggaeton beat. Mm. Um, and the some moments, like in in I believe it was Bieler Yes, where there is like that like the bongo yeah. at the front. I was like, oh my god, like human activity holding oh, are, drums. I was so excited. I didn't know about this. This about you. I know you're you've a self-professed drum whore. Yes. Um, are you anti drum machine generally? In, no, I in love drum like machines. Oh, okay. But it's just the fact that it's the same beat over and over. I see. Um, but like people, like I think people have used drum machines in super, super interesting oh, ways. Yeah. Like uh, first example that comes to mind is Steve Albini. Um, just Big Black only used a drum machine. Mm-hmm. Um, that was for the purpose of not having to pay to transport a drum <laughs> yeah, kit, which exactly. is funny. Um, but the way that they use that, it really lends itself to the really harsh music that they make. Um, but other people use it in really soft ways. I think that a kit and a drum machine have their place. And mm-hmm. I could definitely see the case for this needing to have a drum machine for that surgical yeah, precision. Cold, yeah, yeah, like we were saying. But um, I found the reggaeton beat distracted a lot from mm-hmm. the experimental act like activities going on yep. on the album because i was like okay you're clinging to this and you want to stay in this genre but you are trying so hard to push out of other ones you should check out do you know much arca because I, I i feel bad for coming back to the arca comparison over and over again but like if you if you do, are, do you do you know any arca um i know some but i was waiting for all the kicks to come out and then there was five of them yep, and now i'm intimidated <laughs> you should check out kick two okay i think is because that one i think better than this record because they they are going for similar things yeah um rosalie is definitely taking it in more of a pop direction which like i'm the pop head that's not a bad thing um i think um arca on that record does really interesting things with making the reggaeton itself sound experimental okay. rather than like applying experimental filters to more pop-oriented yeah. reggaeton. Because um, I definitely, I saw, there were some moments where I was almost a little irked because it was just the reggaeton beat. And then she would do something like removing one of the beats, like mm-hmm. in, from the middle of it or something. And I'm like, that doesn't make it not, yeah, like it doesn't make it more interesting. If anything, it just makes it distracting. Go, go listen to Mekatrefe by Arca. That okay. song fucking go, that song goes so hard. I've been meaning to listen to Arca, so I definitely will. You should, you should. Um, my least favorite tracks on this album, I would say, while we're in the this downcast space, were um Teriyaki. Yeah, I didn't like that one very much. Which has funny lyrics, and she's pretty charismatic on it, but it has a pretty repetitive beat. Yeah, and a pretty annoying delivery on the hook. Mm-hmm. Chicken teriyaki. I, I don't yeah. know. I was just annoyed by it. Um, I actually didn't like the the title track. 
Or oh, she was really? just saying Moto Mami a yeah, billion times. I didn't I really like that one either. found it very irritating. And then um, Q. Yeah, I did not like that one at all. That one kind of exemplified, like, to me at least, that is the all-over-the-placeness of this record. The bad side of the all-over-the-placeness of this yeah. record. Just, like, personified. There's, a, there's not a consistency to that song at all, and the hook is really annoying. To me, it just felt cheap. It's just like pivoting between five different things and none of them are like that interesting it's like selling you on the fact that it's pivoting as the point of the track but it's just not it felt like a demo collection like yeah. just stitched yeah, yeah, together yeah. with like very even though i can't understand most of the lyrics they sounded like nothing so actually before we head on to our next record i actually did just want to say about the lyrics on this record i went and i looked through the whole like english translation to the lyrics of this and i think it is Worth mentioning that there are some very weird lyrical moments on this album that I'm not super fond of. Um, There is a general repeated and casual use of, like, various Asian cultures as an exotifier. Dude, yeah. I didn't like the last song, Sakura, at all. So, yeah, there's Sakura, there's hentai, there's teriyaki, and there's, like, a couple other, like, nods here and there yeah i believe saoko is a japanese saoko too well. yeah, yeah 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 um and i'm gonna say coupled with the motorcycle helmet on the cover which is giving me akira which is giving me heavy akira yeah and she references kawasaki a lot yeah i like it's not great it, yeah it is very, I, like, I noticed that too and i was like why why yeah it it's it's not great it's very like exotifying and like fetishizing not um, well yeah a little bit um, yeah i was gonna say it's mostly not sexual until it is yeah well the um, word the, the using I, the word hentai she says the the line in the song is i want to make a hentai with you yeah um which would be fine if it was the only thing on the album like doing yeah. anything in that range and it is not um there is also a twice repeated line. She says it on two different songs about transforming like a drag queen, which I I don't love coming from a straight woman. It reeks of cishet RuPaul's Drag Race viewer culture. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like it. it like it, I can look past it once, but she does the same line on two different songs. She says she's it once like on, she's like this one hits. Yeah. She says this. it's like Jaden Smith using the line about dirty dishes twice. Yeah. Making the same album, album twice. Um. Yeah, it's just not, it's not great. Um, And this is a small, this is a much smaller thing because I'm all for making fun of the British royalty, but there is a bizarre line on one song um, where she says, she's like doing like things about how she's like drunk and she's like saying different, or I don't even think that was it, but she just inserts a line about crashed i'm crashed like lady die which is Whoa. So, so fucking funny like that's hilarious that, I would be down that for is funny but that's out that. of pocket so out of nowhere yeah like, it has nothing to do with the tone of the rest of the song like crashed like lady diana like whoa sure but, all right okay um yeah so I, I don't know i just had some issues with some like weird recurring lyrical themes on this record yeah um but I did overall like this. I don't want to come down too hard on this record because I did really like it overall. I think this is a really cool direction for her to go. And I think um, she could spring in a lot of directions off the back of this going forward. Definitely an interesting um, album and for sure like a cultural moment to make yourself aware of. Oh, yeah. Um, Because I I do think that this will probably... 
I don't know if this album in particular will go down as like a moment, but I think that the cultural impact that it's going to have will. And I think that Rosalia as an artist for sure will. And so I, if I you're think, not aware, make yourself aware. I think this this album is kind of is definitely for sure a landmark in her catalog. Definitely. Like, at the very least, like this is shit's going to be different. Like expectations of her are going to be very different after this. Definitely. For whatever she does next. And with that, we can get started on our next album. Let's pivot. Which is going to be Benny the Butcher, Tana Talk 4. I liked this one, generally. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was also just pretty good. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I thought that actually it was more kind of just good. I didn't really feel a whole lot about it. I, I found myself getting... Um, so, so part of my gripe with rap before I got into rap um, was that with the beats i was not getting enough out of the instrumentals Mm -hmm. and i tended to get bored and kind of just not be paying attention to any of the lyrics or flow nothing was grabbing me Mm -hmm. it was just sort of like i felt like oh i liked this beat for a minute and now it's been four and i'm Mm -hmm. bored and that sort of happened to me on this album Mm -hmm. there wasn't really enough happening instrumentally a lot of the time to keep me really engaged Mm -hmm. um there were a few songs that i thought were good um but uh, I also didn't think that his delivery was super emotional or convincing. Mm-hmm. Um, it just sort of felt like I'm here and I'm rapping. <laughs> it didn't feel like there was any moments, really. I like his delivery a lot. He um, he is very like... So th- this record is very in his bag. Like This is directly in his wheelhouse. Okay. So I'm going to compare this to God Don't Make Mistakes. Yeah, by Conway it's inevitable. Our last episode. So this is very much like back in the Griselda basic wheelhouse not yeah. basic but like this is this is the Griselda wheelhouse like this is what the Benny bread the, and butter the bread and yes that's exact yeah bread, bread and butter this is what got Benny big this is the kind of thing that I think he can fart these tracks out with no like he, he's very comfortable here like yeah. this, this is directly in his lane um and his last project uh burden of proof um which I really liked was a very like super slick very cleanly produced like they made a point of like very very mm-hmm. um like s- smooth as butter um like late 2000s early 2010s kind of throwback um and this is back in the tana talk series which is like his bread and butter mixtape series so this is this is definitely kind of like a, a return to form okay. and if you're expecting something like god don't make mistakes like as your for after your first Griselda project I can definitely see how this would be like not it, not it's as not as good as that album at all yeah um it's a pretty solid project I think though the, I, li- I really like the beats honestly I thought they were mostly really good um there was one that I don't really even remember the beat that much mm-hmm. um but one that I found particularly disappointing I think just because of God don't make mistakes was Tyson vs. Ali um mm-hmm. because even Conway sounded a little bit sedated on it. He did not have the same like hungry kind of delivery that he sounded like he did on God Don't Make Mistakes. Mm-hmm. I also just kind of found the hook boring. I'll say that I, on a pure like lyrical delivery beat level, Tyson vs. Ali was one I did not care about at all. Like yeah. it was just not for me. I thought it was mixed really badly. Yeah. There was some really weird mix issues it on sounded Benny's very vocals amateurish. on that song. Which was kind of something I didn't like. He he sounded off. Like he didn't sound like he was. Like it was not the best mic quality or something. Like it, it he the mixing was not 
it wasn't good. He not was, up to par. Yeah, which is weird because that's out kind of out of place on this record, yeah. which I thought was generally pretty professional pretty sounding, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, my other gripe with the record is that he doesn't. You're right that he doesn't sound hungry. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily view that as a bad thing because like he's established now. Like yeah. this is like Benny is now like definitely the top in this field of rap like he's at the very top and i think it's it's okay for him to sound like in his bag in his lane mm-hmm. but i think i like i think that works to his advantage for most of the album but i also think that this record after a point and that point is uncle bun mm-hmm. um he just starts coasting yeah like after that point the last like four tracks or so are just like very standard griselda like he just kind of is like very bait like he's he's just do he's he's spinning his wheels at yeah the, at the end of this album i think um but i did like johnny p's caddy um okay j cole impressed me on this one i'm not a i'm not a cool enjoyer um yeah neither am i but i really liked his verse um yeah i, I just thought like especially the the very opening of it i thought it just was really super good like just a nice flow a cool cool lyrical concept uh the part of it was like um of course i'm trying to revive a sport that's dying but the guns and drug bars that y'all rely on got these nerds thinking that y'all hard as i am but that just mean i ain't as comfortable as y'all with lion yeah i, I just thought that was just a cool line yeah. um yeah this is a really good album intro i thought his benny's verse wasn't anything like crazy but it's like a very like reacquainting you into his world and what his music sounds like yeah i think that i mean i had a a very bare bones take on this one Mm -hmm. just because i really i was struggling to become engaged with it Mm -hmm. it just really wasn't grabbing me Mm -hmm. um but i will say that i enjoyed the song weekend at the Paris. yes that was my favorite track as well that's a really good track um are you? Do you know about Boldy James? No, I don't know any context about this. Album. Okay, Boldy James is a relatively recent Griselda signee. I think he just signed like two years ago, but he's been like an active rapper for like well over a decade now. Okay. Um, I fucking love him. He's got like, he he is very. I want to use the word monotone, but like in a good way. Yeah. Like he's very, like very. A, like dry cleaning monotone. So controlled, I yeah. guess is what I will say. Very measured, very controlled. Um, and very frank is the other word I would use to describe Boldy yeah. James. Like he's very, very, very frank. Um, and that doesn't mean he's not like flowery or like poetic because he often is. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when he says stuff like, there's a line he says where he's like, feel like I've been betrayed by my silhouette. Yeah. Which is a dope line. Yeah. But like you feel the the like what he means, the emotion behind it. Yeah. Um, I also liked his line where he said he was David Blaine with the press. Like he disappears. I yeah. That was funny. Um, but yeah, that song was good. Yeah. I liked that one. This like near drumless style just suits Benny so well. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people trying to do this right now, like the sound right now. And I think he's like one of the that best. That really might have been why it didn't grab me. Lack of drums. No, we... Weekends at the Perry's. No, I know. But like the album overall, I think that there was not a lot of drum presence. Like, I mean, there was drums on it, mm-hmm. but none that was like. It didn't overwhelm there, Nothing was anything. really going for yeah. anything interesting. But I think that on um, God Don't Make Mistakes, there was a lot more. There wasn't like a ton of percussion on that album, mm-hmm. but there was more interesting percussion yeah. going on. There was um, a record that got released this past 
couple weeks, I forget when exactly it came out, that we were going to do for this podcast, but then we didn't, um, just because neither of us had too much to say about it. And mm-hmm. that was um, Fly Anakin's album, Frank. Mm-hmm. Um, and I listened to that one and this one pretty much back to back. And I'm not going to go super into the Fly Anakin album, um, both because I don't have much to say about it. I didn't think it was great. Um, I, I think just like the beat, the, the drumless style on this beat is just very skillfully done. Like mm-hmm. the vocal loop that is in the background is very like keyed into the rhythm of the beat and the rappers, both of them do a really good job of keying themselves into a consistent rhythm, even without drums. Like I, I, it's mm-hmm. just, it, it is rhythmic without a backbeat, which yeah. I, I am into that. Um, Uncle Bun, I also was into. Um, I thought that beat was really threatening for how minimal it was. Like it was, it could like snap at any moment. I shouldn't snap on the podcast, <laughs> um, but it really sounded like it could snap at any second. Mm-hmm. I also did not like uh, "Back Two Times" is the other one that I put as my least favorite track because Stove God is really fucking annoying on that song. That was not. I was uh, that's uncharacteristic for him for Stove God. I was I was kind of looking forward to his verse, but. That was that was, he was very annoying, and there that was that one also has a lot of what you were talking about before with like the lack of progression on the beat. Yeah. That one just kind of went. Yeah, I I wrote on my thing. I was thinking because I remembered Uncle Bun being a thing for me. Like I remembered feeling something about it. Mm-hmm. So I went and I looked and I said uh, I got really close to liking Uncle Bun, but the vocals dodged the beat a little too much for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that just his flow on it was not agreeing with me. Yeah. Um, I think that sometimes maybe uh he was kind of off for me Mm -hmm. which i mean on something that is this beat driven i think that sticking to that beat is kind of important yeah Yeah, yeah. so that it maintains interest in the beat or else it's just sort of like okay this is an uninteresting Mm -hmm. progression and you're trying to make me hold my attention it's not it's not doing it for me um i think we would be remiss if we did not talk about 10 more commandments I felt nothing about that song. Do you know the background of that song? Um, I don't. Oh, right. I know <gasps> I know. 10 Crack Commandments is a thing. I was just going to say, you don't. Oh, that's a Biggie song. Oh, is it? Yes, that is a one of Biggie's most like remembered moments from his second and final album, um, Life After Death. Um, that song, yeah, it, it's like, it, it, it presents itself like a, a guide to crack dealing like the 10 things you should you have to remember if you're getting into this trade Mm -hmm. and so like biggie's legacy is so unapproachable like that man is like in hip-hop there is nobody who's more revered than like Pac and biggie that is like the two and for benny to like approach that like even try to approach that legacy and then i thought he's like his whole thing struck a really good balance between being like reverent of biggie's legacy very cautionary about this because he says at the end like you better get the fuck out of this this is not like as soon as you can get out of this um which biggie did not Mm -hmm. and then assertive like very assertive um I think he totally sticks the landing and it was, this is a very easy thing to fuck up. Yeah. Like he, he could have come across as a total clown. Also him being from New York yeah. is another thing that's like, yeah, you are one of the very few people who could even try to attempt something like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he could have totally come across like a disrespectful asshole or like totally corny. Um, and I thought he, I thought he stuck the landing really well. Um, yeah, it was, it was, I, I really, I really dug that track. I thought that was that was a really a good very personality showing 
moment. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you with with your context felt that way about it, then I'm sure I just missed something mm-hmm. because um, it just kind of passed me by. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that could be said about a lot of songs with a uh, context like this. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a uh, hard for me now um, with my interest in hip hop, like waxing it's growing bigger mm-hmm. um there's just so much history and so I, much uh it's not even just that there is so much history because obviously there's history in every genre mm-hmm. but it's the fact that hip-hop history is like interlaced with each other like yeah everyone discusses everybody mm-hmm. everybody does homages everybody references there's mm-hmm. bars about people there's bars that like are taken from people in like a certain way yeah it's just the, like it's just something that i it, it i can have seem, a hard time it with. can seem dense yeah yeah but we're working on it we're getting there yeah we'll get there we'll get there <laughs> i'm learning every day the transformation continues yes and uh i gotta say uh i have i have noticed because sophie uh curates our list uh for the albums mm-hmm. um it is funny because i'll like i i will uh, listen to these albums and i'm like wow i did not think that i'd be listening to like three pop albums and two rap albums this week but here we are yeah i I do hate to say that the list is going to skew that way just because that's what's in my awareness like my circle of yeah but um if i come across anything that's interesting to me oh yeah like like i push the caroline album because that's definitely my speed i I don't mean to like sound like i'm like banging my fucking gavel like (laughs) this is what we will listen to this i'm okay with whatever yeah she's she's good it's just uh it's funny it does expand my taste which is it's good Mm -hmm. because i uh i would never have been aware even of the rosalia album because mm-hmm. i it's just not what i listen to yeah um so it is it's interesting and it's definitely educational for me mm-hmm. so i appreciate that and we hope it's educational for our listeners too. i think that it's a good it's a good dynamic because i think a lot of listeners are probably in the same place as me yeah of not knowing what's coming so you know um and speaking of pop albums Oh, here we go. Our next record is Charlie XCX with Crash. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. Charlie XCX's Crash. So this is one that's funny because um, for as little pop knowledge as I have, I do know that I don't really like Charlie XCX. I think this album sucks. Yeah, I think it this does. This album sucks a lot. It does suck. Um, and the, the shame is from people that I have heard who do really enjoy Charlie um and who loved her last album how what i'm how i'm feeling how now. i'm feeling now and um, also her two before that um her self-titled and then pop two yeah i listened to the self-titled when it came out mm-hmm. and i did not like it at all yeah um it's just really her no, here's the thing is normally i like bratty deliveries mm-hmm. like i like that kind of screechy yeah i just think it's charming mm-hmm. but on her i don't know what it is about her it really irks me mm-hmm. um and this album was no exception, especially um, one track that I would really like to point out as being my least, least favorite. I'm worried you're going to say the one track that I liked. Every Rule. Oh, okay. I hated that song because um, A, it's boring. B, it's just about having an emotional affair. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is such a not cool look to put in a cool light. Um, it is that song. I the word I used was tepid. It is. Just it is so just nothing. Nothing, um, and that that one really bothered me. So that that is a nice pivot into like my main thing with this album because I'll talk about my actual opinions on Harley XCX in a second. But like in a vacuum, this record, the hooks fucking suck. Yeah, they're not. They don't they grab are, at all. They're barely there. Like the opener title track, Crash has a really fun beat. I, thought, I like that one, yeah. Yeah, I thought that had a really fun beat. 
you can't shit on a beat this fun with a chorus that annoying. Yeah. What in the world? Um, Beg for You with Rina Sawayama. You can't waste Rina, Rina on a song that has a chorus or like bass drop or whatever. That's non-existent. It is, yeah. There's nothing there. That was one thing I did say about this album is that she abused her, her guests because having Rena and also Caroline Polachek on there. I will say I did like Caroline and Christine on that song. But the thing is, is having those people on there embarrasses her. Because oh, they yeah. do so much yep. more than her on the album, and especially their current career trajectories. Caroline is releasing some of the most interesting singles in pop right now. Mm-hmm. Sawayama was a masterpiece, that in my humble opinion. So fucking like good. that album, I think, is my pop album of like the decade. It goes I so adore hard. it. And it goes so, so having hard. her on there, I'm like, if anybody hears her and hears her outperforming <laughs> Charlie, then they're just gonna go and listen to a better album, yeah. which is cool. But like, why would you do that to yourself? I also hated Baby and Lightning. Lightning was so cheesy. Lightning's hook is, the word I chose to use was brainless. Oh my god, it's so bad. The bridge also hurt me when she turned into like the auto-tune. That that caused me some Yes, and then at the very end when it's just rain sounds, I was like, like, oh. You did not earn that. (laughs) No, you did not. Um, I also hated Good Ones. Um, I thought that that one was very boring. Good Ones has grown on me because I really hated that one when it came out. Um... It also doesn't have a chorus. Like, yeah. it just doesn't have it one. It doesn't. Um, I thought it was kind of doing its thing, though. It's, okay, it sort of rips off. Do, okay, wait, what do, you, what do you think I'm about to say? What song do you think I'm about to say that it rips off? This is an extremely popular song. Not mm. like an indie song. This is like a mainstream pop song. Good ones? Yes. God, I don't know. Think, I'm thinking about the beat. Oh, the beat? I don't even the, remember the, the Like beat. the drop on the beat. No, I don't know. Dun, 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 Sweet dreams are made of these. That song sounds exactly like Sweet Dreams Are Made of These. Which is not a bad thing, necessarily. I still like the song, but it's just... I Once can again, go listen to a better song. <laughs> yeah, I can. I can definitely see why you would not like that song, and I, I didn't like it at first either. But that that one did grow on me. Yeah. Um. The only other two tracks that I enjoyed of this record were "New Shapes," which has also grown yeah. on me. Um. I think this is the best use of Charlie's bratty vocal delivery on a hook. Yeah. On the album. Um. And uh, I'm also not a Christine the Queens fan. I generally don't like their work. Um. But. Did pretty good on this one mm-hmm. uh and caroline polchek fucking knocked it out of the park she's never she's never disappoints yeah she, she never misses incapable of missing um and then my favorite track was yuck i liked that song a lot where in the world did was this, this come from on the entire rest of the record yeah where was this yeah this i is... think that our favorite list looked pretty much the same because mine is crash new shapes yuck and i like twice yeah um i don't remember twice tbh i liked that one um, I thought it was nice yuck for me is the best track on the record and it's not even fucking close like that queasy ass synth riff that opens it up to like the actual chorus on this thing yeah to the like this kind of sweet doja catty chord progression um the, the lyrics are great like yeah. she's like talking about wanting he's like i'm trying to fuck and he's like sending her flowers he's like yeah. no i just want to fuck yeah um it's really snappy the vocal layering is really good um 
I don't know, like this, this song represents so much of what this album totally fails to be otherwise. Where was this vocal presence yeah. on every other song This here? album could have just been a single and it would have been Yuck I, and it would have been yuck fine. Yuck is so good. I wish that song was a single. Why didn't you drop this before the album? Where's yeah. the video for this? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, man. So that one, I, I liked that one quite a bit as well. Um, I, I, I just remember twice having like a pretty melody. I mm-hmm. liked that one. Um, but yeah, there were... Uh, there were just moments on this where I was I was bummed is the word I will yeah. say because like yuck there were just glimpses I was like this could have been so fun yeah like the beat on crash the beat on crash is great new shapes just overall I think if it had just maybe a little bit more of something mm-hmm. or like one more element I'll agree with it that. it would have been great yeah I, um, I liked that song overall but it definitely could have been better yeah yuck was great um and then twice like that melody could have been something really nice it was just moments like the ones that I saw potential in the potential was almost painful because yeah. it was on something so mediocre yeah um I didn't even like the Dua Lipa album last year that much but literally just like go like if you want an album that sounds like this, that exists. Yeah. Like that exists and is huge. It exists in so many other albums yeah. is the thing. That's the thing. This is this is like a stab at that full on 80s. Like the fucking weekend did this like two yeah. months ago. Way better. I don't know. Ah, uh, man. It's really like, it's, it's shallow. This album's so shallow. Just not likable. Yeah, it definitely did not hold up to her contemporaries whatsoever. It no. didn't even hold up to her. Um, like, regardless of how you feel about comparing her to other artists, comparing her to her own output, this is incredibly weak. Um, even as a, a Charlie hater, um, I there's merit in her older stuff. Okay, he's here where I get to go on my Charlie XCX soapbox. Yes. Okay, so I also came into this album as a bit of a Charlie hater because, like, in her quote-quote hyper-pop era where she was working with Sophie and A.G. Cook and everybody in that scene, I found that she really came across as an appropriator. Okay. A much more, like, marketable and traditionally sexy, palatable, cishet white British (laughs) version of things that queer artists were doing, like, better and sexier and more boundary-pushing. Yeah. Um... I, I didn't like Pop 2. I didn't like Charlie. I just found her persona, like, on this style of music not believable at all. Yeah. And... The word I would use for Charlie is grading. That, yeah. that album. I was just... I didn't... I didn't like how I'm feeling now. I just... it was I was not into it. But I at least appreciated the ethos behind it. Yeah. Like, it was very cool to watch that album come together in real time over the space of, like, two months, and then it was out. Like, that was... Probably the first, like, quarantine album. Like, the first, like, real, genuine, like, quarantine album that will stick in people's minds is, like, yes, this was the music that was happening during the pandemic. Yeah. And I can respect it for that. But then you turn around and do this? Yeah. This is, it's like, I don't know. It feels like either a betrayal of that ethos, a signal that she doesn't actually, like, care about pushing the medium forward and was just doing stuff, like, because it was fun or whatever. Just fucking around. Or that she was, like, tired of it. Yeah. It, it's, it makes me very cynical. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it. It does, in a weird way, it does propel my hype for other pop albums mm-hmm. to see what will grab me more. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like I said, I do, I'm not a huge pop head. Let mm-hmm. that be known. Um, my opinions on pop are very harsh. Um, 
I've said like what like I said with the Stromae album, pop has to convince me that it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it does, I fall in love with it. Mm-hmm. Like I borderline stan Rina Sawayama. I love her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is not something that I normally do. <laughs> um, my other standum is for Robin Pecknold at Fleet Foxes, who's a 35-year-old white man. He's in good company with, He's, with Rena. Yeah. So those are my two people, which is hilarious. Um, but it, I think that uh, Charlie is that for a lot of people. And it's a shame that she would give them something so mid. Yeah. Um, yep. So I, I feel bad for Charlie fans. And I know some Charlie fans. And I was talking with them about this album. And I was like, I think it's shitty. And they were like, yeah, it's shitty. <laughs> it sucks, but it's shitty. <laughs> um, I think that's about all I have to say about this one. Yeah. Um, before we go to the next record, <laughs> the closer sounds like the fucking Rogueport Underground theme from Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds exactly like it. Anyway, we can talk about something. If else I remember, now. I'll put a clip of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So our our next album is going to be Jenny Haval Classic Objects. Oh yeah. Um, which I think is an album that once again I wish I liked a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, it Same. Didn't super stick with me. Um, I even looking at my favorite tracks list right now, I could not tell you really anything about any of them. Um. I liked American Coffee. I also like that song. Freedom mm-hmm. and The Revolution Will Not Be Owned. I did not like the title track, Classic Objects. Um, I did like that song. I thought that the atmosphere on the album was nice. It felt like a big mist. It was just yeah. very, very pretty. Um, and I thought that the variety of the genres on it helped keep it kind of interesting. And the issue for me was that despite it not being on paper, a very long album, mm-hmm. I think it's like, 30 something minutes it or 40 pretty languid it's it feels a little draggy um, i the the number one word i would use to describe this album is amorphous yeah it so have you seen those so the photo the cover art for this is very it's ai generated it's like one of those like um deep dream not deep dream like the um like it, it pieces together photos it's like yeah kind of fucked up looking like deep consciousness kind of shit have you seen those memes that's like name one thing in this image mm-hmm. and it's like a fucked up ai generated photograph that, yeah, of like someone's room yeah and it's like so close to being normal but it's yeah. not name one object in this photo and you can't yeah that's what this album is to me i agree it is i can't it is honestly hard to describe the sound of this album. It really is. That's um, why I said mist instead of like a genre. Yeah, there's, it's hard because like it is, this is, and that's the thing. This is the most straightforward album of hers that I've heard. Okay. Um, Blood Bitch by her is one of my favorite albums of all time. Okay. Um, that album is fucking crazy. If you have not heard Blood Bitch by Jenny Haval, that is like, it's half a pop record, half an experimental synth record, part spoken word. It's fucking crazy. It's cool. a concept record about, that compares um, vampires um to like people who are angry when they're on their period okay and it's like the blood symbolism crossover yeah it's fucking it's such a bizarre concept and she rides it so hard it's awesome that album rules i think that the big blanket term for this album would just be art pop which is kind of a cop out but it is it is immensely artsy um um this is yeah so yeah i i would totally agree with that this is it's art pop but like more art way more art than pop it doesn't really have like hooks no on it um it's very artfully restrained i would say and it is it is approaching pop but keeping it at an arm's length yeah this is like a who who would you say that people who are fans of oh man 
Um, Because I definitely heard traces of other artists on this. I say this is somewhere in a very, very amorphous space, like between Angel Olsen and Animal Collective, like some like somewhere in there. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of a little bit of the more like ballad, like synthy moments on Titanic Rising by Wiseblood. I could, yes, but with less like less gusto, less gusto, and the like Titanic it's less Rising saturated. Ti- is yes, it what for I would sure. Say. Yeah, that's a really good way to describe it. Titanic Rising is definitely very intended to be a very beautiful record yeah I titanic wouldn't... rising is like a bath like you it yeah. just you, washes over you but like i said this one's a mist or a fog i would not say that beauty is a focus of this album no it's um yeah it's definitely not trying to convince you that it's beautiful or do anything there like the art of it is kind of in the minimalism mm-hmm. um which is something that i could definitely see someone enjoying more than i did so i'm not saying that this is a bad album or it shouldn't be listened to or anything or even that it's boring. It's just not what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that I will say that I have a critique on is the vocal delivery felt very samey to me. It is It is definitely the unifier of the record. Like, yeah. There, there is a lot of different sounds happening on the different individual tracks. Um, but they are largely downplayed. Like there, there are different things going on, but I feel like those things are largely downplayed in favor of spotlighting her voice. I wish that the vocals were a little bit more awash in what was happening or a little more connected with them. They're um, much cleaner than the rest of the record, which for sure. is kind of a problem for me mm-hmm. because it almost became singer songwriter to me, yeah. as opposed to an experimental or an art pop record. I agree. With I that, wish actually. that it had been more of the art part of it i hadn't thought commit i hadn't thought about it like that but i I totally agree yeah um the other glue i would say is like there's a strange kind of fuzziness in the drums on this record there yeah it's like a brushed snare but it's like everything the entire record god i wish that you had ever listened to four times a dream by moss mihara because never heard of that i recommended it to you the first day that you came into the scat radio discord um and like a fake fan she hasn't listened to stray by bambara or four times a dream. I'm fake. But I'm there's fake. the opening track on that album. Um, Stray is like very close to next on my list of oh, things to get so to. So exciting. Um, but yeah, so the opening track on that album um, is called To Live in the Sea. And it is almost full synth. But there is a drum beat in the background that is heavily reverbed, very mm-hmm. fuzzed out. And it reminded me a little bit of this kind of sound. Yeah. And that, that song um, is almost ambient in a lot of ways. Um, which there was some this, moments on this album where it became yeah. ambient. And I, I'll say almost like I I could see someone interpreting this as like ambient pop at yeah, points. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think that that was part of why I think I was just not really in an ambient mood this these couple weeks mm-hmm. um, as we will discuss a little bit later for one of the other things. Um, but I, if I remember correctly, I think that the song Classic Objects does have a an ambient aspect uh, it does and so does uh jupiter yeah that those one... were those were the two that i thought were a little draggy oh i actually was into jupiter because that is the album's clearest pop moment like that has the biggest hook on the whole record and then when that is over it just drops out and it's ambient for like yeah. three minutes i yeah. thought that was funny i liked that um the lyrics on this album are ape shit yeah i was kind of looking at them and i was like whoa (laughs) (laughs) she's always pretty out there and often very like examining gender and sexuality um she's really in out of pocket on this one yeah year of love um 
I really liked like the groove on that on this one. I thought uh, the snare drums coming in for the coda at the end I thought was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that song did a really good job of like engaging you melodically without ever really giving you a hook chorus verse. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a line. Um, I wore black je- I wore black jeans and codeine. Yes. I guess I wanted to make sure I seemed relaxed. Yeah. That's fucking bizarre. That's that great. Is. And I think she was talking about her wedding. Uh, n- no. Oh well, maybe. Because she mentioned a wedding. So the 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 song is about a time when so she's like radical politics all the way, like super hyper feminist leftist, and she is describing an incident where she was performing and someone in the crowd got down and proposed to their significant other. Like, a, a, she uses the word normcore <laughs> in the song, which is hilarious, for that one. That is funny. Um, I looked up neoliberal. <laughs> yeah, so she's like, the song is about how weird of a disconnect it was for her to be up on stage singing about, like, radical politics and, mm-hmm. like, gender and sexuality in, like, like totally non-mainstream ways. And someone is, like, normcore proposing in front of her. Like, yeah. you have missed the point so hard. Yeah. But then relating that back to she is now married. Yeah. So I, I, I thought that was so funny and really good. Um, American Coffee also has some ancient lyrics where she's talking about pissing blood in a cinema bathroom oh because she God. has a UTI. That's hilarious. And how this makes her think of a version herself who quit music and art but still got the UTI. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's, it's very, it's kind of meandering, but that's the point that it yeah. comes back to. I, it's so that's bizarre. That's really funny. She's great. Um, and then uh, what did you think of Cemetery of Splendor? I do not remember a single thing about oh, that okay. one. Uh, I read that one as the centerpiece because it's like layers of white noise and fuzzy drums. And she's like narrating the afterlife over it. And then under the when the chorus like takes you to the outro under it, she's just kind of like listing objects and things you would see. I in do the remember city. that. I remember that because it reminded me a little bit of the end of Lump by Laura Marling <laughs> yeah. and where yeah. she where Laura's just like Lump is and she's <laughs> like doing the credits. Yeah. It definitely felt like kind of a credits roll moment. Yeah, yeah for sure. But like in the middle of the album. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh the synth cycling under the chorus on uh Year of Sky I also really liked that one kind of could have fit onto any other Jenny album. Yeah. I think that, that this this one uh, maybe lost me a little bit at the beginning and then didn't really grab me back. Mm-hmm. So by like the middle, I was sort of checked out, um, which is a shame. But uh, overall, I think give maybe the first couple tracks a try. Um, if you like this, check Apocalypse Girl and Blood Bitch because they're way better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, if, it, if the descriptors have sounded interesting then maybe give it a try see what happens yeah now into our next album which is one that i i almost would like to skip it because i was so unenthused by it all right um this is ghost impera (laughs) so this the the descriptor that i sent to my my discord about this one um was i said it sounds like if chicago made a metal record um (laughs) It's like it's yeah. like dad rock metal. Yeah, it fully does not commit. <laughs> it's like wacky seventies Scooby Doo chase music yeah. metal. <laughs> yes, it's great. That's I, what I love about it. I hated it. <laughs> I didn't. This was not my favorite Ghost album. This is definitely not their best stuff. Um, I really like their album Prequel, which goes way harder on the seventies rock angle. Yeah, it was fun. Um, I uh, I liked. I, I will say my favorite tracks are kind of. They they were kind of a meme, but also kind of serious. 
which is my favorite track for Imperium and Dominion. And do you know what those have those in common? Those are the interludes, right? Those are the only ones with no lyrics yeah. and that are a minute and a half long. Um, <laughs> I listened back over Meliora and Perquel before this, and I fucking forgot how much I love these stupid douchebags. Yeah. This is like prime, like my brain is absolutely turned off, off. Yeah. like i turn this record these not this one but i turn on prequel and i it, it's just like pure serotonin in my veins it's like yeah so it's stupid it, it is, is deeply stupid stupid music the, the thing is is like the sci-fi lyrics across a lot that's of it, new it reminded me a lot of uh of like like a shitty rush tribute like how like <laughs> yeah, they're a little rush yeah like how uh um neil pert god bless him um wrote a lot of sci-fi stuff mm-hmm. like all, the whole cygnus series and stuff like mm-hmm. that um and i was like okay so we're doing a, a neil pert style cygnus like yeah. series but it's like it's so like badly told and like the lyrics do not have the storytelling yeah. power to get it across at i will all. agree with that there was m- this album was marketed as a concept album about empires and like like empires falling and collapsing but also like the people of the 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 um the like of the empire having a relationship with the, their dictators huh so like some of the like more like straightforward like i don't want to say like love songs but like songs kind of like that are supposed to be at least like allegory for like yeah an empire which kind of feels like a tacked on yeah they don't go as hard on that as i think they want me to think i mean especially there was one song um i don't remember the name of it um but it was about the flat earth society <laughs> yeah um and i but was like what does that have to do with the rest yeah of this with, like what what does that have to do with that i was like this is just about is that, america is that watcher in the sky yes yeah i yeah. didn't like that one. i didn't like that one either i wanted a really weak chorus my least favorites were call me little sunshine oh i liked that one i thought that was stupid beyond belief uh, it was very dumb and I, then I also didn't like 20s okay i want to talk about 20s but we'll get to we'll get back to 20s okay because that song is fucking ape shit i got close to liking respite on the spittlefields yeah um because i thought that it, i to quote myself i said it was the least bereft of creativity and didn't have distractingly bad lyrics <laughs> i really liked the outro to respite on the spittlefields yeah um that was a cool outro but i didn't really like the performance on the vocals on that yeah. one he was going like wow after everything dude oh my god said. i know i was, was like funny. please stop <laughs> it was pretty funny um i liked kaiserion the opener yeah I that thought, shit goes dummy i <laughs> thought i liked that one a little bit and then i was like i'm just gonna listen to perihelion by uh by king giz instead kaiserion i thought that the riff on the chorus is fucking ridiculous yeah uh, the lyrics on that one went pretty hard about like the church and government and action on global warming. Um, and I thought the story about um, Hypatia that they're like quoting from and the burning of the original Kaiserion was yeah. like, a cool allegory for like inaction on government fronts. Mm-hmm. Um, the bridge and breakdown and guitar solo and that one really fun too. I thought that was such a good opener. I, I heard that I was like, okay, yeah, this is gonna be really good. And then it, it just wasn't. Um, Spillways is on its Bon Jovi living on a prayer oh, shit. I know. So hard. I'm I know. here for it. I'm, I'm not i'm really not <laughs> see the other thing metal is another one of those genres that i'm very hit or miss on same um and but i think we are looking for different things very out of different things yeah because i i like like black metal and death metal okay. i like like screaming mm-hmm. um 
and I, I like math core mm-hmm. in my metal a lot. Um, like my favorite metal album of all time. I have no idea if you're going to know what this album is, okay. but it's a time will die and love will bury it by Rolo Tomasi. I know of Rolo Tomasi and I have heard some of their stuff, yeah. but I don't remember. It was a long time. Time ago. will die is an awesome album. Mm-hmm. So good. Has, has like a really cool spread of genre math core. It's got one ambient song. <laughs> it's okay. got a pop song. Like it's just, it's all over the place. Um, and I, part of what I love about that album is it's a female singer who screams her heart yeah. out and yeah. also does really clean fills, like mm-hmm. really beautiful lyrics. And, um, this does not give me any of that. There's no strong screaming. No, um, the, no there's not. The male vocals feels cheesy as all hell. I okay. which I cannot get past. I don't know what it is about metal. I know that you're supposed to embrace the cheese. I can't. They are like there's embracing the cheese, and then there's ghosts. Yes, like this is this is like the cheese. They're is like, like the court jesters of metal. The cheese is so like. Baked into this is every a ziti. fiber. This is a cheesy this is baked a ziti. Baked ziti. <laughs> Good God. Yeah. No. This is. It is. The the cheese of Ghost is the appeal. Like there's there are parts of metal where you have to embrace the cheese, yeah. but the cheese of Ghost is the appeal. They're yeah. very divisive. And if you're not into the cheese, then like you are not going to like anything they do. Yeah. Um. I. <laughs> so I I I like metal, but what I look for in metal is just like absolutely bizarre shit that yeah. is not like serious like not to like talk about serious metal heads but like guys who like metal fucking hate like i love um 12 foot ninja is like okay. this insane like metal band that fuse it with like indie rock and chip tune and like all Whoa. this crazy bullshit i love um uh, maudlin of the well make like absurd like epics um, and also um, Ne Oblivascaris, who are this like Australian extreme metal band who have like half a full orchestra. Oh, wow. It's like crazy violin playing also, yeah. like, awesome violin. Um, Unvarnished strings, perhaps? No, they're pretty varnished. Okay. Um, but like Ghost is like you you are just getting cheese dumped down your it's like you're standing under one of like a nacho cheese dispenser at a gas station and just like guzzling it into your maw yeah it, if you're not into that then this feels like theater core metal to me <laughs> yeah sure yeah yeah um i yeah i wasn't i wasn't into it um i also this there are some l's on this record for sure yeah uh, hunter's moon oh. so We'll talk about 20s in a second, but to head off, like, I I wrote, this takes the camp a step too far, mm-hmm. which, like, we'll talk about 20s, but, like, they ride the lamp of the, good lord, they ride, ride the line of camp and, like, there's actual good pop songwriting here. I think they ride that really well. Mm-hmm. But if you're like growling like a dog on the hook for no reason, yeah. like you just kind of lose I was me. like, why are you, why? Like it, it's overdoing the camp, but it doesn't feel like it's overdoing the camp on purpose. And then I was really bored by Griftwood, um, which is insane to me because ghost a ghost song being boring is like the worst thing it could possibly do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also took some issue with the production on that one. It kind of just all existed in the mid with no huge low end or treble. Um, and then, uh, 20s. Fucking 20s, dude. That song is certainly something. It is certainly something. I, I, 
my notes for this song start with Lamau, <laughs> Lamau, three three long drawn out oh, Lamaus. Man, God. what what do I even say about this shit? I don't even. I. Oh God! And once again, where the fuck does this fit into the concept? <laughs> well, no, this one this one does have the concept. I will say that the lyrics are very. Um. This was to me the hardest like pound in of the empire concept. He's pretty directly from the perspective of the dictator, like stirring people to violence. But like this is on a reggaeton beat for no reason. Mm -hmm. This is the crunchy, crunchiest ass riff on the whole album. This is arguably the most like melodramatic and cartoonish thing they've ever done. It's got such like a you said like show like theater. yeah this is that like yeah, this is where that sure. is the fucking brass on yeah this is so funny the breaking glass sound effects oh into the my guitar God. solo it was like and then the trump pussy line yeah he was like see that was what i was saying the the fact that you're presenting this concept as sci-fi and then like dropping a trump line i was like this does not these insane. can't fit i have i have the Trump pussy line, I have no idea how I feel about that. I feel like I would need the space of like a, a thesis dissertation to, to like really piece apart the yeah. politics of that. But it is a choice. It is a choice what, for what sure. What a song. Um, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, I respect the audacity. <laughs> um, but I totally get why people would not like this song yeah. at all. Um, that's about all I have to say on this one. It is not as good as their best material. It's not as bad as their worst material. The concept is both looser than I expected and kind of a mixed bag. Yeah. Um, this is a very easy style of music to phone in Mm -hmm. and you can really tell when they are phoning it in. Yeah. So next one is one that I think that we're both a lot more enthused about, uh, which is Weatherglow. Oh shit. By Weatherday and Asian Glow. This goes hard as fuck. Yeah. It really does. I this is a an all killer no filler yeah. type shit. Like I cannot I was listening to it, I was ascending. I was floating. I that's the thing is like I wish this was longer. I really do wish it was longer. But, but it's so tight you almost can't complain. When you turn it to the end it's like okay, roll it again. Yeah, like, literally. This shit is good. Melta Bed is a bonkers opener. The the, op- the opening of that song is like 2 minutes of pure ear candy yes. just like the sheer like i feel like drugs are being pumped into my ears and then that the twinkly bridge yeah the dreamy like pop moment yeah. in the middle is so nice and, then and the just, drums at the end yeah and then they oh, punch you in the fucking face yes. like right back into it's it so good it's so good and i i one that i really really enjoyed um was look alive sunshine mm-hmm. did you like that one too i, li- I liked every track that one there was, was no misses yeah me neither that one was like haunting yeah like the oh my god it was so good and this this one has um i think it handles the lo-fi better than anything that i've heard from weather day before well it's much clearer yes it is because much because weather day has another album previously uh called come in Excellent which was so huge good. on on like underground scenes everybody loved it basically um and i really liked it as well but there was some moments where i really wished that it was a little bit more direct there are points where the the distortion is a bit much it meanders a little bit i think and know, this one punched what do you know about the recording of come in not anything he did it on uh I actually have all of the recording software that that uh, I use he him pronouns. I'm sorry. Uh, Sputnik uses they them pronouns. Um, 
I have actually all of the recording equipment that was used to create uh, come in. Weather Day's album come in on me. And uh, my co-host can see this. Would you like yeah. to describe what you're seeing right uh, now? It is a pair of Apple earbuds yes. with the shitty mic that comes with them. That is everything that was used to record. It was all recorded on an app, a pair of Apple earbuds. That is crazy. Hilarious. Yeah. So good. Um, and Just this... goes to show that concept is king. Yeah. <laughs> if you have a good concept, you can run with it. Uh, and this was not recorded on, on, no, on no. a mic like and that. And you can really tell. This is like... This is... It almost it, feels like a bit out of Weather Day's comfort zone. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this I like this as a push forward for oh, them. Totally. Um, and I don't know anything about Asian Glow, but... Um, I know a little about Asian I Glow. I can say that I would love to hear a full album with both of them together. Yeah, I would love that too. Um, Asian Glow does have a full album that is very popular that I can't remember the name of because yeah. I've never heard it. Um, my main exposure to them is because um, Paranol... Oh, Paranoia. Yeah. That, um, that huge... The smokestack one. Yeah, um, to see the next part of the dream. That was huge last year. Yeah, um, Shoegaze. Good album. Um, he, uh, Paranoia did a split... Uh, it was split three ways um, record last year um, that I don't remember the title of, but Asian Glow had a third of the songs on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't too, too into them. Um, and I thought Asian Glow was being brought out of his comfort zone too, being brought into this. Like, um, he's he also fronts the band Fog, which is like a cool shoegaze oh, band. Oh, it's Cole Fickle. What? Cole Fickle. That's the weather. That's the uh, Asian Glow album. Oh yeah, it's got like a really low budget cover. Yeah. Of the the girl with the fish head. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. I was gonna say fish, but I couldn't remember if it was a fish or a yeah, fish bowl. Yeah, it's Cole Fickle. Yeah. Um, that one is big on like. You know, a lot of my friends like that one. That one's big in like music. People. And the paranormal one is Downfall of the Neon Youth. Yes, that's the one. Uh, yeah. So Asian Glow has a third of the tracks on that. Yeah. And that's what that's what I know him from mostly. Um, uh, yeah. So I, I think this is a really cool like mashup of their two sounds. Like, yeah. Went loved it. Together as well as totally could have been. Yeah. Um, I really liked um, Center was my favorite song on this one. Yeah, that one was great. Um, the riff is such a fucking earworm. That was stuck in my head. I can hear a more stoned Julian Casablancas singing on the first half of that. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorites were Melt to Bed, Late Time Stroll, and Look Alive Sunshine. Um, I like the hook on Late Time Stroll, but it was not as structurally sound as some of the others, I thought. And what was the third one you said? Uh, Look Alive Sunshine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one yeah, was really good. Great track. Um, yeah, I there wasn't, like I said, this is all killer, no filler amazing amazing six tracks um and it's only like 20 20 something minutes yeah um so honestly i think that i think a lot of people would get a lot out of this yes because it's accessible it's very accessible yeah it's super Um, easy to listen to like i said melt a bed the opener is like it's pure ear candy yeah there's no so good yeah um and so and the the vocals i think that the vocals are a main thing that put people off of lo-fi yeah understandably um pretty good but they're actually quite nice on this one they do nice harmonies over each other definitely um Um, so i think that most people if you if you want should give this a listen yeah because it might open you up to a new world of music that you just didn't think that you would like totally um clockwork around the ache i said was more of like a that's a more Asian glowy like shoegaze. I liked that one track. too. I like that yeah. one too. Um, but it was cool to hear those two, like you were saying, like harmonize mm-hmm. vocally over yeah. that one. Um, I would love for Weather Day to take some shoegaze back into their own music. Like, totally. I think that'd be a neat, a neat direction for them to go. Yeah, it definitely made me want to go back to come in and hear yeah. it again and see if it, it hit me a little bit more. I will say, um, big. I, I'm just 
something that you'll notice about me is I'm a huge lover of like multi-part like epics especially in the lo-fi yeah. space so like uh my yeah warrior. my sputnik sweetheart on yeah. come in yep like what it's is like that like beach life and death moment yeah i love that song yeah. um it's the one i come back to the most which is funny because i think it's over 10 minutes yeah it's really long um uh but that and it, like the car seat headrest big ones mm-hmm. i just love stuff like that so i would love to hear something in this style with more of that multifaceted development yeah, totally. that was on that track. Because I think that if there was a little bit more production on that song, it could be a total masterpiece. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, really now looking forward to seeing what aspects of this, Weather Day and Asian Glow both take into their own work. Yep. And I'm really hoping for the best. I think yeah. it should be pretty darn epic. Totally agree with everything you just said. Yeah. All right. So totally recommend that especially to any um honestly to car seat headrest fans savannah georgia is a loud place yes um yeah car seat headrest fans um if you've listened to paranormal uh paranormal fans but if you if you know paranormal you know the cp i'm gonna that's a probably take um yeah um and another one that was big in um music nerd circles Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm sure you know what's coming um blade and echo 2k with crest um megan the sky is falling yeah megan the the world is ending i i can see the apocalypse happening outside the window megan i'm dying the the ceiling is collapsing as we speak i'm being sucked into the void yeah you've been injected with digestive fluids and now a big spider is draining your guts i am literally on the verge of death the the world is going to explode it's a sign of the end times and should we tell people i liked a blade album megan <laughs> no <laughs> we lost one my drain my drainification has begun oh god um yeah i was into this which i was not expecting at all so let me tell you a little something about my relationship with drain gang okay so I, personal relationship with drain gang yeah i know them well i went Whoa. to blade's wedding um <laughs> so uh my my big blades wedding to gun yes so my uh relationship here is i i invented a uh a term to describe the the opposite of being drained which is being clogged (laughs) so (laughs) so i am certifiably clogged okay um and this was not my drano i am fully completely clogged still um (laughs) I, I've listened before anybody any drainers come for me and say that I haven't given it a chance I fully have yeah, same. this is my third drain album I listened to E which everybody raves yeah, about I liked it, it for a day and then it grew off of me the hardest anything ever has mm-hmm. I listened to Ice Dancer I thought it was Dancer. terrible <laughs> I don't um, like it at all. and I listened to this and it was the most agreeable one that I've heard yeah other than E I thought that there was some good stuff off of E but I one song off this album pissed me off. <laughs> okay. Was it um, Yeses? Nope. It was Five Star Crest. Oh, what the fuck? Way too long. What I, the fuck? I felt the length Were you not just so talking hard. about loving multi-part epics? No, this is not epic. It was lame. Oh, I hard disagree. I really like that one, actually. I thought it was boring as all get out. I, actually I wrote, was there bored. it is, Bad Boys, the first drain track to make me want to go back and listen again. Oh, my God. I was into that one a so lot. So my favorite tracks were the last three. I liked Chaos Follows, I liked Girls I, Just Want to Have Fun, and I liked Heaven Sings. I didn't care about Girls Just Want to Have Fun, but I liked the other two. Um, so those that was when I was like, 
I, I couldn't even tell if it was just because I was getting to the end of the album. And you know, they say if you listen to something for long enough, your brain conditions you to like it. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I wonder if I'm just liking these out of exposure. Um, but it, yeah, Five Star Crest was way too long for me. It didn't feel like it earned that length at all. Yeah. Uh, White Meadow was okay. But I think that it was just because my I was relieved that I wasn't listening to Five Star Crest anymore. Okay. Um, I liked White Meadow too. Uh, the ending was pretty strong on the album. Like I said, the last three tracks were ones that I liked, but, um, Chaos yeah, follows, I just did not feel it. Chaos Follows is like a really nice, like the distortion on the beat, it gives it like a nice physical impact. Which is probably the, the why I liked it. Yes. That's actually exactly what I was going to say. Um, I don't think this one is going, I liked this album overall. I did, I did like this album way more than I thought I was going to. Um, but I don't think it's going to serve as like a gateway into the rest of the Drain catalog because yeah. the reasons I liked this album are the differences it has from the other yeah. Drain albums. It's much more like hyper pop and straight it's up very pop peppy. focused. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like it also like a lot of the time I feel like Drain Gang's music is very willing to like float away with itself. Like it's called cloud rap for a reason. Yeah. It, it like exists totally in the upper register with like just like a couple elements in the mix for yeah. like this like elevated cloud yeah cloud that's yeah. a good that's a yeah i mean drain gang are the fathers the fathers and androgynous parents of um of cloud rap yeah which i feel we need i feel a need to describe what a drain gang is um swedish first of all yeah swedish. so the drain gang is kind of the collective that i would say blade is the biggest name no it's young lean Oh, Young Lean is, yeah, now because of fucking Ginseng Strip. Um, but uh, yeah, so there's, it's a it's a Swedish, basically, group of uh, of rappers who make a style called cloud rap that's super synth heavy, um, doesn't really rely on um, flow or vocals so or much lyrics. as it, uh, or lyrics so much as it does just pure melody Vibe. and vibes. Um, I don't like it really at all, but the people who do like it are very passionate about it. Yeah. Um, Good for them. More power to them. I'd say the big names are Young Lean, Blade, and Echo 2K. Tyboy Digital also. Really? I've never heard of him. Uh, he is a producer for the most part. Oh, but okay. He's on, he's on a bunch of their stuff. Yeah. And um, he makes a lot of the beats. So, uh, yeah, the, that's that's basically all you need to know. Um, they've they've been gaining much more, I think, attention over the last five. couple Last couple of years, they've gotten more mainstream attention. Yeah, than, yeah. Because they've, they've been doing their thing in the underground for like a very long time now. Yeah. has been active for a good while. Yeah. Um, but they, they've gotten more mainstream attention recently. I think that Echo and Young Lean are probably the most marketable. Yeah. Blade um, is not marketable. Blade is not marketable. Except this record, kind of. Yeah. Blade is just funny because of his uh, his whole thing against cursing, yeah. um, which is really <laughs> funny. There's a, on one of his songs, I believe it's called Continental Breakfast. There's a bar where he says, I'm a good boy, no cursing on the mix. <laughs> no, he says no cussing on the mix, which is just hysterical. Um, You're Swedish. Where'd you learn the word cussing? Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. There, there is like other ethnicities of uh of cloud rap that are happening um like Frogman, if you know him i don't i believe he's italian actually i think i've heard that name yeah um i believe he's italian if i'm not mistaken um but i, I wish know i was a frogman. i know me too but yeah drain is spreading um more and more pipes are being drained <laughs> um and i remain clogged sadly um but uh yeah it, this was an interesting album for sure 
this one is willing to, if not get more complex than other Drain music, because it's not complex. No. It has a much more balanced mix, which I really appreciate, with a stronger, more consistent, like, low end. Yeah. And, like, some actual, like... Vocals. Melodies. Yeah. Um, Like, these songs have tunes you can sing along. Like, I don't know. That, yeah. that means a lot to me in terms of music. Like, they yeah. feel much more written than a lot of other stuff they've done. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. Um... um I don't really understand the recurring arrowhead thing that's all throughout the album, but I thought it sounded cool. I don't really know either. Um, Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say about this other than that it didn't grip me for pretty much the same reasons as other Drain albums. I think I'm just waiting. I'm waiting until the vibe agrees with me. Mm -hmm. Because I think that really what it is is I have to just be down to float. Yeah. And I don't think I am. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think that moment for me, like where I connect with Ice Dancer will happen anytime soon yeah. at all. Like that's just not what I listen to music for. Yeah. Um but no, I, I found out I did find a lot to enjoy about this one. Yeah. Um I really like the flag is raised as an opener. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know. I, the flag was raised was kind of the moment where I was like, Okay, I see what's different here, but it's still not enough. I thought it had some J pop vibes. Yeah, yeah, no, I could see that. Also, some like ginger era Brockhampton. What artists? Because I find it really difficult to compare Drain to non-Drain artists. Yeah. What yeah. What would you even compare this to? Um, Beach House. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, like I was saying, this one is a little more traditionally pop and hyper pop than yeah. some other Drain stuff has been. So if you are into like, um. I think for the third consecutive episode, I will mention underscores. Uh, if you like underscores, if you like Gex, I think there are Gex fans who could get into this. Um, I think there yeah. are like, um, I think there are Crystal Castles fans who could get into this. This is like if Crystal Castles was rap. I don't know because I think that the issue there is both Gex and Crystal Castles tend to have a more direct sound and more maximalist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. That's what's the issue with these guys is uh, personally, I think that Beach House is kind of an apt comparison just because if you're willing to vibe with Beach House mm-hmm. and you also enjoy rap, yeah, then you'd probably get something out of this. Yeah, I, th- I think you can definitely take that approach to this, but I'll also say that Beach House are usually at least saying something interesting when they talk. I think it's just also because I from my first experience with Beach House being live and yeah. i couldn't understand dog like j- <laughs> just jack shit of what she was saying i just kind of don't pay attention to beach house lyrics that's fair so i think that that is kind of where it comes from beach house is almost an instrumental project in my mind uh-huh. the vocal becomes just part of the melody yeah. which it very much is in a lot of yeah. projects like that is that is the point of the vocals in yeah. a lot of them so it just go it just comes down to do you like beach house yes do you want do you want more harsh synth i would say yeah then go for a drain album this is this album sounds very. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I, I'm agreeing with everything you're saying, but I'm trying to bring it back to to this one specifically. Yeah. This album sounds like a lot of other Drain projects. If you kind of coated them in candy, like it's a little a little sugarier, I would say. Than yeah. A lot of it the rest felt. Of them. Um, it felt almost like a parody of themselves <laughs> in yeah. some ways. Um, like I felt like they were kind of aware of their brand as yeah. like just kind of zone out music and they were like, okay, 
Let's make this sweet. Yeah. Let's I would make ag- it bubblegum. I would agree with that. This is bubblegum drain. Yeah, it this is. This is bubblegum drain. Yeah, you tried to flush a wad of bubblegum down your, <laughs> your sink and now it's clogged. Oh God. <laughs> this is like if they put um, like syrup in your toilet. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that that's pretty much all I have to say about oh, it. Oh, also I like the album cover. I think it's really funny. The album cover is very funny. It's like children's art. Yeah. All right. Next second to last album is going to be Alex Cameron with Oxy Music. So this one, I, um, for some context. Yes. I am an Alex Cameron enjoyer. Contextualize me. Yes. Again. So um, I had this funny phase where somehow I got into three different Australian artists very heavy in the same like week. And it's funny because I think these are at least two different Australian artists that I get confused with each other constantly. Before I listened to this, I didn't yep. know the difference between Alex Cameron and... Kieran J. Callanan. They're the same person yep. in my mind So for me, it was... I got into Stella Donnelly. Oh, I love Kieran her so J. Callanan and uh, Alex Cameron in the same week. And so I was like, wow, I'm having an Australian renaissance. <laughs> um, so when I did that, I kind of um, came to appreciate different aspects of all of their music. Mm-hmm. So with Stella, I loved her melodies and just kind of the really fun parts of her songs. I love her guitar playing. Also. Yeah, her guitar is great. A lot of character. Um, for Kieran, I really liked how like grungy and experimental a lot of his electronic was, particularly his album Embracism. Um, and Embracism. Yes, that's that what is it, the name of the yeah, album. Yeah, I mean, because it's about like a, it's about like human connection and toxic masculinity. Yeah. The title track on that album very weird. Goes hard. Um, but then for Alex Cameron, I was in it for the songwriting mm-hmm. and the really weird, like theatrical aspect of his songs. It's very high They're, concept. They are very high concept. And I loved that because I love lyrics and I love storytelling. And one thing that I really, really liked off of Force Witness was his willingness to incorporate different styles of music to play into the narrative on the songs. Yeah. Like... The Hacienda is like cheap Mexican, like bad mariachi type like style because it's about a Mexican restaurant, like stuff like that. And that kind of charming aspect was missing off of his last project for me, uh, Miami Memory, um, because that one's a lot more autobiographical as opposed to being a uh, a narrative or a story or a character portrait like all of his other albums have been. Um, so then this one, I was really stoked to see that he was going back to a character. Um, and this one almost feels like forced witnesses, washed up celebrity in his prime where he's talking about the struggles of celebrity. He's talking mm-hmm. about drugs. He's talking about losing people. He's talking about all of this isolation, everything that's going on. But I felt like it was less instrumentally, uh, daring yeah. And it didn't play to its strengths as much as I thought Force Witness did. Mm-hmm. Did have the same funny lyrics. Like, K-Hole is hilarious. K-Hole's so funny. We've talked about that song on yeah. the podcast before. Prescription Refill was, uh, a, it's different than I thought it would be, but I like it. Best Life I thought was awesome. Um, I liked Hold the Line as well. Um, I didn't like the track Dead Eyes. I thought that one was kind of boring. Ooh, that was one of my favorites. Okay. Um, but I don't know. Um I think that for me, this one felt like a, 
I, I don't want to talk shit on it too much because I did enjoy the album. It was just kind of disappointing as a fan. Um, I think that it felt like a little bit of an underwhelming sequel to the character shown on Force Witness. And I kind of it kind of just made me want to go back and listen to Force Witness again. I will agree with everything you just said. I think this does feel like the underwhelming step cousin of mm-hmm. um, Force Witness. But I regret to inform you I didn't like Force Witness that much either when mm-hmm. I listened to it. Um, so I, I listened to that before it to get like kind of acclimated with what his like quote quote usual style was. Mm-hmm. And one of my biggest gripes from that album was the singing. Oh, you don't like his voice? No. Well, um, okay. So on that record, he's doing a voice. Yeah. Like it's very affected and like he's he's doing a voice yeah. on that album. And I found that really aggravating. Like I understood that it was like, I, I get that it's like a character that yeah. he's playing, but I, fa- I just found the voice really fucking annoying and okay. it was hard for me to get over it. And he doesn't do that on this album. He is doing a... Uh, he is. I, I very much appreciate that he's using a, if not natural, because he's still doing a voice. Yeah. Uh, a more like effortful sounding voice. Okay. Like the singing is much better on this album, in my opinion. Um, and as before, within this music, my favorite thing in the whole mix is Roy Malloy's saxophone. Yeah. He brings so much warmth to every track that he gets dropped in on, mm-hmm. like instantly. Like th- this album has a tendency to like roam sometimes. Like yeah. it, it can get a little meandery. Yeah. And whenever the sax gets dropped into it, I'm like right with it. Like I'm like, oh yes, this is where the groove locks in. This is where mm-hmm. it, it it really comes together. It starts to make sense again. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you're right. This album's not as characterful as no. Forced Witness. It's just not pushing boundaries as hard. Yeah. Like even if I didn't really care for some of the ways in which the other record pushed boundaries this one just like is not really approaching that at all um do you do you know what i'm you know what i'm saying about like the lack of musical variety too yeah it it is i'm trying to remember specific songs and it's just all one kind of like yellow blur the big ones for me that kind of show that jump in style are candy may which is like slow yeah ballad yeah uh running out of luck which is just a pop song, um, really good pop tracks, song, actually. and also the Hacienda, which I said yeah. is just like a weird, funny little song, um, and uh, that like jumping around of styles while still maintaining a level of cohesion through that really intense character, yeah, was something that I did not think panned out on this one, right? Um, I will say, if you want something a little more down to earth without that character, like voice, I guess, yeah, um, you should listen to Miami Memory. Yeah. Um, I didn't like it because it wasn't a character, right. and because I I just like his character studies, and I I like his funny little voice. I think it's cute. Um, so when he did his, the difficulty for me was when he did his autobiographical storytelling in there. I almost couldn't separate the two. Right. And so I was like, this is too earnest. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, I was sort of bugged by some of the lyrics on this record just because like it was marketed as a concept album about like drugs and different like like the guy spiraling into addiction and mm-hmm. like failing to climb out of it. The concept I got from like the first three tracks was phone bad. Okay. There's so much like kind of boomery stuff boomery social media shit talking which like fuck social media but like i've heard that shit so many times no i agree yeah. like i i don't know there is also a really bizarre sense of white guilt on this album that yeah. like i didn't think sounded intentional like there's definitely a comedy angle like an almost little dickyish comedy angle oh that you my can God. take like to like being like oh, i'm so white but like 
I don't know. It doesn't being white doesn't really tie into any of the rest of the themes of the album. So I don't know. It just came across as like a weird. It did feel more scattered. Yeah. Um, the only two tracks I, I wasn't a fan of this one, unfortunately. My favorite tracks were K Hole, which is such a good song. I really mm-hmm. love that song. And Dead Eyes, which I thought was a nice performance and probably the most interesting lyrical concept to me on yeah. the record. Um and then my least favorites were Prescription Refill, which I thought the vocal harmonies were kind of sour yeah. and repetitive. Um and I don't like the synth tone on the riff at all. It was kind of ugly. Um and then Cancel Culture. Oh my god, yeah. That song is baffling yeah the the messaging i have no idea what he's trying to say on this song at all and some rough rap (laughs) passages yeah from a guy i have never heard of in my entire life what the fuck is going on here to me to me it really felt like this one he was being a little too broad with the story um when he should have been focusing on one aspect of the character. Yeah. So like he, he should have honed in really hard on the drugs because that's, they are the most interesting parts of the album. Yeah, for sure. Um, and he's got a funny perspective on because it. Because they are the most, they, they have the most perspective to them. He, they feel the most fleshed out probably because he's been around people who have experienced that. And maybe even, I don't know his history, but himself too. Um, but I mean, once again, I it does bear comparison to a force witness because I do feel like it's a continuation of the same character mm-hmm. or yeah, a different sure. perspective on the same character. Yeah. Um, but he on that and album, e- even if it explicitly is not the same character, like there are comparisons to for drawn. sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but even just the fact that he on that album was purely even if he was bouncing around situations and moments it was always a similar place that he was coming from mm-hmm. where this guy is haughty. He's yep. looking down on everyone around him. Yes. He's, he certainly was. He's a terrible person. Awful. Um, and he is basically just everything that you don't want to be. Yeah. And that like that focus and that that like kind of intent really brought it all together. Yeah. Even if there was a difference in place and time. But this one, it's like, okay, I don't really get a read on this character. Yes. I get a read on what he's doing and where he's at, but I don't know him. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Like, as much as, like, I've already said I didn't really care for Force Witness. Like, by the end of that, the development of the character was very complete. I felt a way about that character. Yeah. I don't feel anything towards the character he's playing on this record, really. Definitely. Um. Can we talk about the appearance of the guy from Sleaford Mods on the last track? What the fuck is Sleaford Mods? Sleaford Mods are the... He's the British guy on the last track. Okay. Sleaford Mods are this band from... This duo from Britain that are like... It's like working class socialist ranting spoken over like minimalist techno beats. Mm-hmm. Fucking awesome. They're mm-hmm. so good. Not all... They don't hit all the time, but like when they hit, they are so good. They're okay. tied up in knots is probably their biggest hit. Yeah. Tied up in knots. Shit. It's like, <laughs> he's so good. Um, and that guy, like, the appearance of that guy, because I didn't know his name, so I didn't recognize the credit on yeah. the on the, the end. And then he started talking. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. That made me blink in surprise. Like, what, what in the world? It made me realize that I kind of think Alex thinks he's made a Sleaford Mods album here. Yeah. But he's not nearly, like, diatribe enough to to match that like it the, the track the closing track i forget the name of it is is fine but it's 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 basically just kind of a not great sleaford mod song and about twice as long as it needs to be yeah definitely um, 
I, I don't know. Like, I definitely, like, as soon as that guy appeared on the track, I was like, oh, that's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It just doesn't, it doesn't work for me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. This one didn't, didn't really click for me. No. In any way. Um, and if we're, if we're just remarking on all the album art after we finished the review of each one, I didn't like the album art for this one either. I didn't either. It was kind of iffy. Yeah. I think there definitely could have been a lot more like- going on the lana the stupid fucking lana del rey instagram like oh ass God, yeah. photograph cover i mean and it, you 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 saw the force witness cover i did i think that that's a great it's cover. A good cover um it's this like really gross slick looking yeah uh, it gives a really strong color palette to the rest of the album definitely and it suits it really well yeah. it's it's like this like 70s style guy in like a gross leather jacket with like slicked back greasy ass hair yep um and a receding hairline On and like a uh, burgundy wooden background yeah. and there's people pulling down the blinds behind him and poking phones in to take pictures of him yeah um and he's just sitting there like i'm too cool for school so it, it really gives you that impression um so yeah i guess the conclusion of this segment is don't listen to this album listen to forced witness um <laughs> yeah you may or may not like it but if you are like me and you like characters and you like stories and you like lyrics um it'll be one that you will probably enjoy yes also if you grew up as a fan of filthy frank but understood that it was satire you will probably enjoy oh, the God. album good lord he is the musical filthy frank yep oh no that might be why i don't like it <laughs> i grew up loving filthy frank so that's I, why because but i understood that it was satire is the point i could never stand filthy frank i I, I think that it was because i was just fr- coming from a privileged standpoint i was like this is funny um you were straight yeah i'm cishet um and so uh i was it was it was a, a funny little a funny little meme for me but i think <laughs> that's that the, so funny uh, Forced Witness is the musical Filthy Frank. Yeah, that's it's everyone you hilarious. it's everything you don't want to be. Good God. Um so yeah, that's I mean they're both the same concept. So if you like that kind of satire style, it is a satirical album. So So next up, we have our final project of the evening. Our most unfortunate project of the <laughs> evening. <laughs> our worst project of the evening. Uh, which it's is, Weezer. Oh fuck. It's Weezer. Seasons Spring. It's Weezer. Um, Seasons. So this is this is Megan's uh, virgin, my first full Weezer Weezer virginity. My poor poor virgin ears have been <laughs> defiled and violated. So my uh, my first I, I feel like I have to communicate this to our yeah. viewers. My first bullet point on uh, Weezer's season springs is "fuck you, Megan" with like ninety exclamation points. Yeah, I uh, I take great offense to that and also agree. <laughs> um, yeah, so this this album. It's was, pretty bad. It was so weird. It's pretty like, bad. The the other the one thing that like surprisingly irked me the most, which is funny because I normally don't pay too close attention to this instrument, mm-hmm. the fucking guitars. They're so gritty for They're no so reason. They're so gritty for no reason. And also they are the same three fucking chords oh, in the well, same progression the entire time. <laughs> I was like, can you do anything else? And then the one time that they did on on opening night i think was the song <laughs> that song's so fucking funny no it was all this love is the song where they they actually like did a little s- bit of love no it was all this love are those two different songs yes holy fucking crap i know <laughs> so on that song i looked at that i can't believe i listened to this like three times i didn't remember yeah i looked back at that when i finished and i was like oh my god they did the exact same song twice <laughs> but like all this love has a way more like wait okay way more interesting in the context of this album way more interesting like instrumental pattern 
it's it's a little bit of love is like the default Weezer single circa 2022. I swear to God, Rivers Cuomo just farts and these songs fall out. Yeah, he doesn't even write them. It just is. It's His just... voice also is like I feel like it's Poison Ivy. I get it, it. I like hear it, and then I'm haunted by it for like days. It works on certain things when he leans into. He's a fucking dork. When he's, he leans into being a virgin, it's okay. He's a capital D dweeb. Um. When when he is leaning into being a dork slash dweeb, it works, and he's not doing that here at all. I mean, he's being a nerd, but like, he's, got, he's talking about purpose. fucking Shakespeare in the park, and he's like, <laughs> he's playing so flute funny. on the first song. I think there's other bands who could have gotten away with being inspired to write by watching Shakespeare. I think there's other bands that could have gotten away not with the Vivaldi one. thing. Not this one. Weezer is not that band. No, it's just corny, but it feels so inevitable that they're gonna do this, like the Vivaldi passage for all the other seasons i wish you guys could see how much i'm rolling my it's eyes so talking about this album funny it's so funny the garden of eden when he says i haven't felt this way since velcro sneakers came along i was like i you just lost me completely like that's the most boomer stupid <laughs> bullshit i've ever heard when he starts doing like a triplet flow on the 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 pre-chorus it really, it like really genuinely to me sounds like he's like doing a Migos thing. Like he's oh trying God. to do a triplet rap flow. It's <sighs> so funny. This was borderline painful it's, for it's me. It's pretty bad. The gritty like production style on this does not. How are it's you going to have flute and then gritty, gritty a, drums? It's a spring album. Yeah. Turn down the overdrive by like a notch. Yeah. It's so stupid. It's really, really dumb. I don't know. It's so dumb. Angels on Vacation is so dumb. It, there's uh, nothing. There's un- nothing good here. Until I think the last twenty seconds, it starts up like the drums kick in or something. And I'm like, okay, we're going somewhere, and then it just ends. Yeah, it just stops. I was like, <laughs> you gave me a teaser of a better song and then cut it off. I don't know what the fuck they're doing because I liked OK Human a lot. Actually, I thought that was a good album. Van Weezer was not, but I thought OK Human was good. Um, this is just it's just so nothing like it's not even like bad and it's bad in some funny ways but for the most part it's just nothing listening to this to bolster your music taste is like eating communion wafers to gain muscle (laughs) (laughs) i'm so upset that this was your first weezer like (laughs) there was there was no universe in which we didn't talk about this but i wish there was a universe where we talked about this and you had heard weezer blue beforehand because i i mean i've heard parts of weezer blue i've heard like bits and pieces i've heard a few songs in full it still bothers me it pisses me off just because it's it is shameless virgin music which like more power to you if you want that but at the same time like Sometimes I just don't want to hear Rivers Cuomo. <laughs> and uh, that's most times, I think, is I don't want to hear him. Um, Say it ain't so. Oh, my God. Like, it's just such a uh, it's just such a uh, a demographic of music <laughs> that is not me in think, any way. I, I think there's a universe where you can like Pinkerton at the very least. Maybe a universe where I don't get pussy. Like, I don't know. <laughs> It's just not for me. I like I'm fully like resigned Ga- to gay the- Megan. Gay Megan striking once more. <laughs> I'm just fully resigned to the fact that Weezer is not for me, and that it was not a hard resignation for yeah. me to make. Like yeah. it's just not something I'm worth. We- like it is worth getting invested in for me. Weezer is is it is for me in doses, but like not not like this. No, not, <laughs> not like, like this. this. Say it ain't so. <laughs> 
I'm gonna kill you. That was the most like music reviewer ass. Like, it's like music reviewers who Google like who specifically review albums that have funny names so they can be like they have like the prime zinger right in the first. And I don't even album. like Weezer, and I told what that from the, you. The fucking um, the Rex Orange County album that came out. It's called Who Cares. Oh. And like I don't, I, I haven't heard it. I don't know anything about it, but. I the, the second I learned that the album was called Who Cares and like the single is called like whatever or yeah. something and I was like the reviews are writing themselves yeah. you're doing their job for them I have a weird thing against Rex Orange County because I'm from Orange County Yeah. because um, all of the people like all of the little impressionable people who oh, I went to high school with were like oh my god he's this. singing about me and then I was like he's from <laughs> he's London <British. laughs> he doesn't he care is British. He's, he's appropriating like Oh my god, he's 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 white enough to be part of the culture, but god damn you're if, impressionable if that's the reason why you listen to him. If anybody would colonize Orange County, it would be the British. Yes. <laughs> so somehow make it worse. But yeah, no, that that that's my weird thing against him. Anyway, yeah, Weezer album sucks it big, was not big good. stinky, stinky dookies. It bad. was not good, but I'm kind of looking forward to dunking on the rest of them, oh too. Oh, my God, I'm not. <laughs> We're going to get three more of these. It's just going to be ugh, three. three. I, I literally said that to my... I was I was listening to it, and I was like, I cannot believe... I cannot fathom the idea that provided, there's going to be three more of provided these. Provided Weezer don't invent a new season that then becomes like part of the established canon of seasons. I hope that Weezer breaks up. We'll call it Caesar. <sighs> like the salad oh can i stab them like the man yes, yep. <laughs> okay like the man <laughs> i mean i hope weezer continues it is into the ides of march did happen they did i hope um, i hope weezer never breaks up and they just continue farting out music until the end of time i hope they break up tomorrow <laughs> and, um, and never, never speak again yeah all right, let's. Can we please move on? Yeah, let's talk about something else. <laughs> let's talk about the singles, because that was our last one, thankfully. Um, so, I think that we can start with the two EPs. Okay, yeah. Which were KC and Gesoffelstein. Yes, I think that's how you say that. With uh, I think Gesoffelstein because he's German. Okay, Gesoffelstein. I think is my best guess. Gesoffelstein. Okay, but I I don't know. I apologize to any of our, our broad German audience. With T TW twenty fifty. Yeah. Um, this was cool. I was into this. This is not my style of rap whatsoever. Um, I said that I thought it had potential and I liked the beats a lot. I thought the beats were really nice. I thought that the lyrics were very mid. That's yeah, um, that, yeah, but that that's fine. And for the me vocal delivery style. was not thrilling at all. Oh, I like the vocal. delivery. I'm also not a, a fan of ad libs. Mm -hmm. Um, and his ad libs it's were very, very ad -lib were very like Travis Scott to me. We're yeah. just like yeah. <laughs> He's uh, so this is like obviously to me at least the biggest the biggest obvious influence here is cardi like this is a very playboy cardi yeah. type thing um which makes I, sense because i don't like cardi i also generally don't but i gave um uh dial it another shot a few weeks ago and i liked it more than i remembered it's still not my thing but like i can respect it for sure mm -hmm. um and th I, I like this way better than i like dial it like I, I wish cardi would make more music like this because yeah. I, I actually really like his vocal delivery um i think he's a better singer than you might anticipate like some of his actual yeah. like vocal singing passages on this are pretty good yeah um this the song i really liked was okay okay yeah that song i think is like that's a very cool direction for like a cardi style rapper to go in um i really like the hook and i think the the beat is almost like 
half in it's almost industrial like it's approaching industrial yeah um my favorite was the sun that one's good too i thought that one was nice yeah i didn't i didn't dislike anything here i didn't dislike anything either it was just that the other two really passed me by Mm -hmm. largely but the sun stuck out to me as being enjoyable yeah um i don't know this is just really not the kind of rap that i normally go for yeah so it, it is out of my comfort zone so it is saying something that I even had a favorite track, so that's good, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, but not not something I think I'll be going back to. I will say it, this is a very interesting career move from Casey, in my opinion, because his biggest spotlight so far is he was on Donda. He had a really, oh, really? stand, yeah, he had a really standout verse on Donda. I don't even remember what song it was. Uh, Keep my spirit alive. Oh, okay. Uh, he sings on Keep my spirit alive. Uh, really, like a really nice like sung bit on that song. And like, so that's now he's got a much bigger spotlight on him after that. And mm-hmm. to release a collab EP with an industrial musician like this is a really like interesting career move. Yeah, and pretty I, daring. I, I wonder how this will go down in his discography. Yeah. Like as it continues to take shape because he's still yeah. very new on the scene. It'll be interesting. Yeah. So the next one is King Giz and Tropical Fuckstorm. This was cool. With Satanic Slumber Party. I didn't like this. I, so this is not my thing either it's not it, it's not my thing really but i thought it was very interesting it's cool but it's not for me i don't know i i think that i can see this appealing to an audience i'm very much not the audience it seems one song really bothered me was part three which yeah. is just ambient yeah it's the like enti- it's, it's like collage. 10 minutes of ambient yeah and then like two minutes of actual like rock metal and rock yeah. at the end and I was like, why not intersperse that? Why not make it more interesting? Yeah. Why are you splitting it like this? Because there are so many artists who have interspersed their noise with ambient mm-hmm. and made it something really compelling. So I was like, okay, you only had three songs. I think part two was the most interesting. Yeah, I liked part two. Um, I just thought it was a good song. Not, nothing special about it. I just thought it was a good song. Yeah. But like even over those three songs, I feel like you're not doing anything mm-hmm. and I, I kind of felt like a waste of space which really bothered me it was like the it was the the kind of thing where you know king giz makes so many albums yeah i felt like they were taking a break on this one yeah this is definitely like a lesser entry in their catalog wasn't huge on it it's an interesting step for tfs though yeah yeah Blech. Blech. kind of not my thing all right um and i i guess just in the spirit of going from biggest single like like lengthwise um arcade fire the lightning one and two. Oh yeah what'd you think of this so you're you're an arcade fire enjoyer yeah i am i'm the the arcade fire enjoyer between the two of us um i, I have never heard an arcade fire album well you heard everything now i heard the song everything now on oh. the radio and that song fucking blows it does so yeah um is really annoying i do not like it the whole album everything now kind of sucks um i my my take on arcade fire is a little different from a lot of people's i have a very different set of um favorite albums from them than most people do my favorites from them are reflector and neon bible um which reflector gets a lot of hate people don't like it very much i Mm -hmm. think it's unfairly shit on personally there's some really good tracks off of it but neon bible just has really salient criticism and i think it's a well-formatted album Mm -hmm. neither of them are perfect by any means but i think that they have the most character um 
and the suburbs and funeral funeral is better than the suburbs i think the suburbs gets too much love i think that album is very overrated okay um but this feels like a callback to the suburbs era okay it's much more opulent yeah in in that folk kind of alternative scene it was it was opulent that yeah is word i would use to describe um, it then everything now was it's it's like it's sumptuous in a different way um shout out danny um (laughs) sumptuous yeah no it's a i liked the flow between them um the lyric don't quit on me i'll never quit on you was really ironic considering after this single dropped win butler the singer of arcade fire no he's not the singer he's the guitarist will butler is the singer oh okay um he there's two of them yeah he dropped out of the band um so that was a little funny, a little funny for me. Um, I I liked part two over part one just because it felt like a more fleshed out Very song. Um, part one definitely felt like it would not have worked without the context yeah, same. of part part two. I almost wish that they were just the same song. Yeah. Um, Part two was very good. Part though. two was really nice. I thought it was a very good song, which yeah. I was I wasn't anticipating liking this just because my only exposure to them is everything now. Yeah, I, I it really it reminded me of. Um, a much more straightforwardly happy version of some of the stuff off of Neon Bible. Um, mm-hmm. Like that, the like chimes in yeah. the background are very Neon Bible and also very funeral. Yeah. I forgot Funeral was the name of an Arcade Fire album for a second there, even though you just said it. Yeah. And I was like, it sounded like a funeral. Yeah, no. Funeral's their first album. Oh, okay. Uh, so Funeral is, is like probably their funeral most... Like a funeral. I was literally just yeah. thinking that. Um, but so this Funeral is, is kind of like naive in some ways okay um it's it's like heavy and has a lot going on yeah but also has some of those like nice bright moments on it Mm -hmm. um it's a it's a pretty album i like it um it's got some some real bangers on it too um but uh neon bible is a critique on christianity and is is hence very uh catholic influenced okay um it's got a lot of like cathedral and organ kind of vibes going on Mm -hmm. and i thought that the kind of grandiosity of this song suited that but the instrumental was more funeral but funeral is much more compact i see so i thought that it was a good marriage of the two and it almost did feel like a weirdly distant sequel to those two albums yeah. because those are back to back in their discography. I see. So I was like, huh. Um, so I'm hoping that I like this album. Yeah. It sounds like somewhat of a return to form. Yeah. I'm really hoping that they're, they've just been marinating on this, the ideas that they might've had for this kind of alternative Yeah, and come out with something that's just years of built up bangers. I really hope so. Yeah. That would be, that would be the, that's the good timeline. I would super, super hope for, a good arcade fire album because I, I do have a huge soft spot for them. I will probably check out some stuff by them before the uh, yeah the new one drops. So. I would I would recommend the first two. Um, I'll I'll contextualize myself and uh, I I would honestly just really like to hear your opinion on Reflector. Okay, because I that was the one that got me into them and it got me into a lot more long form and like experimental styles of music. Yeah, but I think that people give it too much shit in my in my opinion. Um, people act like it's like the worst album that was ever created and i'm like you need to listen to more music then Um, i've heard some shit yeah have you heard season spring by weezer i know all right so uh now we'll get on to something that you have a lot to say about Mm. which is everything everything teletype yeah yeah Um, baby this song and bad friday have been occupying my fucking brain for the last like three weeks yeah this song has been 
ingrained in my head. This is probably my favorite song of the year so far. It's um, very good. This song is so good. Um, so the the backing track on this one, not the main chord progression, but like the sound at the beginning, like the yeah, super fun, randomly generated. Really? Yes. Wow. So this this incoming record, raw data feel, which I am like so happy to be so psyched for, um, is all conceptual about AI and like um it, it's not a like dystopian record but like ai is a theme running through it yeah there's a couple of songs in the album that i think he said the lyrics were written by an ai generator wow um and yeah like the background sound on on uh teletype is all um is just completely very interesting randomized. yeah because yeah. that was one of the parts that i thought was most interesting about yeah it. like so on the bridge all the instrumentation drops out and it's just him singing over random notes very cool yeah it's so cool um it's so catchy. This, this hook is absolute solid gold. I love yeah. how he mixes it up at the end. Yeah. Uh, he, he changes the lyrics at the end. Um, and with that high note he hits too. Um, it's it's just so, it's so well written. It's so good. It's so fun. Um, such a strong concept. Um, I have not nearly enough good things to say about this song. Yeah. Um, I I love it so much. And I cannot wait to hear Raw Data Feel. Really excited to review that one. Yeah. It'll be really interesting. Have you heard everything everything before um i had one of their albums saved let me look up uh, there's a very strong case to be made that they're my favorite band yeah i remember you mentioning that um it's it's gorillas or them and when i listen to a lot of gorillas i'll be like yeah gorillas are my favorite but then when i listen to a lot of everything everything as i have been the last few weeks i'm like mm, well yeah. maybe i remember i listened to the first three songs off of reanimator yeah um because I, I do the three song test I with albums where if I don't like them by three songs and I figure I'm not going to, but I, I dip. Reanimator is probably their weakest record. Yeah, because I listened to it and I was like, mm. what are the first three songs in that one? Uh, Lost Powers. I like Lost Powers. Big Climb. Big Climb's really good. It was a monster. It was a monstering sucks. So I, I just did not feel those very much, um, which is, I think, just a consequence of once again a pretty, like a, a strong and like smooth male vocal being hard for me sometimes wow you would describe him as song s s smooth and soft no strong strong and smooth god damn you should check out actually you know what i think so my favorite record of theirs is get to heaven which is this um huge like synth rock album about like just taking the insanity of british politics circa 2014 2015 mm -hmm. and like taking those conceits and driving them up to 100 like turning it into like dystopian politics mm -hmm. um and that album is a fucking masterpiece it is like so forward thinking and so boundary pushing while also being so catchy and so accessible mm -hmm. that's my favorite okay i think your favorite might be man alive which is their debut which Why is, are there so many albums called Man Alive? I don't know. It's a popular title. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, Man Alive is their debut. It's the one with like the fox on the cover. Okay. Um, I think you might like that one because vocally he is fucking out of control okay. on that album. He is all over the place. He's like singing in the falsetto like he does on this song. He is half rapping. Yeah. He is like going up and down the octaves. He can barely, he's saying so many words that he can barely get them all out yeah. before the bar is over. Um, like the song um, uh, Suffragette, Suffragette and um, My Key's Your Boyfriend. Okay. I think you would really like 
stuff like that because they're still they're still catchy but they're structurally like batshit yeah it's great i've been recently one of the one of the batshit vocalists that i've been really enjoying recently is uh the guy from algiers oh he's great yeah the guy from algiers on their debut album um yeah particularly that's the only one like, I like black eunuch black eunuch is such a good such song. a good song blood is my favorite song on blood's that a great album, album but... a great song too so is um uh claudette uh i really like um the closer um in parallax yeah it's a really good just song. A, just a great it's a just great a, album. that's a really good the record. underside of power also has some strong moments on it anyway yeah he's got a vocal style that i've been really enjoying just like the super super strong he, like, like heady vocals bellows oh yeah, yeah he bellows and then i love that sometimes like you can just hear his his voice like not being able to handle yeah. it and he just lets that roughness show yeah, he's putting everything into it love it yeah love that that um, record's so good so good that was a pretty formative record for me actually i heard that record when i was like 15 oh really yeah like right when it came out because there were spotify ads from it and i had oh, never wow. heard anything like blood before i was yeah. like oh shit i gotta check this that out. type of like soul punk yeah is like there haven't been enough albums that do yeah. that the new soul glow record did you see i haven't heard it yet but i it's i'm on it yeah i'm on it, I'm on it too we can talk about we that can talk about week. that next week yeah because yeah. i've heard really really good yeah. things about it my friend's been freaking out Songs, about it constantly I almost went to see them in savannah because oh, they really? were here with um supporting um oh god what's the fucking name of that band respect the bayonet uh sheer mag oh okay yeah they were here in savannah supporting sheer mag and i almost went but i didn't like the covid policy of the venue so i was like you know what now i'm good yeah um and i i'm yeah i i i wish i could see them live but yeah i'm excited to talk about that one songs to eat at the sun is really good and i'm excited to talk about the new denzel but i haven't heard that yet i still haven't listened to it i gotta um (laughs) monkey monkey mode for that a fucking goose for a second so uh one now that's a shared love for both of us oh andrew bird Oh yeah, both of our father. I love Andrew Bird so much. I, I love forgot we've too. had this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, no, I think I... that we're a little bit different though because I think my favorite album of his is Weather Systems. Oh yeah, that's it. I like that one. I love that one. Um, um, it's f- kind of funny because there's a ton of remade songs from it on, on your the next favorite, one, yeah. which is Mysterious Production of Eggs. I still have I, to listen. I don't to... think that would be my favorite. Really? I really like Mysterious Production of Eggs. Um, my favorite one is what's the fucking name of it? With the uh, it's like the largely yellow cover with a blue and red type. Um, Oy. hold on one second. Noble Beast? Uh, no, but I like that one too. Break It Yourself. Oh, okay. Yeah, Break It Yourself is my favorite. I still have to listen to Noble Beast and I have to listen to Armchair Apocrypha. Um, um, I have just recently completed i've now heard every andrew bird album okay i think um, that one of his that is underappreciated by his fan base is i is i want to see pulaski at night um well, I, love that, I love that album i like that's really just one song you don't like the whole instrumental thing i mean they're fine but the whole I, album is built around pulaski at night but i love the instrumentals i think they stand on their own they're i love nice. them it's a, it's nice it's just a very pretty album yeah anyway this out this song it's um, good I thought it was... See, it, here's the thing. I was very torn on it. It's nothing special for him. Yeah. But it's good. I was torn on it because I... Once again, lyrics. One thing that I love about Andrew Bird is how weird and off-kilter his lyrics are. He is wordy. He is... Capital W wordy. Very wordy. And like stuff like him saying he wants to drill a little hole in the back of his person's skull or whatever on mysterious production of eggs yeah it's just lyrics like that that get stuck in your head and you're like why do i have this phrase stuck in my head you said that i've just been thinking about his duet with fiona apple oh my god uh all your left-handed kisses oh that song is so so good good. yeah roma fade is a great song too roma fade is so 
so is a truth lies low that like little like do truth lies low has moses sumney on it really yes uh, doing backing vocals weird yeah like two years before his debut project i was listening i was listening to um that's Talk about a hidden gem at the time, huh? Yeah, which which record is that? Is that that's on Are You Serious? Yeah, I was listening to Are You Serious the other day, which is an album I have been into for years. Really good album. But I guess I just haven't heard that song since I've been like a fan of Moses Sumney, and like he's instantly recognizable. Like, yeah. he's got such a voice. I was wait, what? Huh? Yeah, like, he's. It, I had to look it up, but yeah, it's. Moses I love that Sumney's song. On that album. Anyway, yeah. So this one, like, I think it doesn't have that like really uh, funky off kilter lyricism that I like him for, mm-hmm. which is kind of a problem for me. Yeah. Um, but it, it kind of makes me just yearn for a bygone era. Um, yeah. Which is kind of sad to say. I, I have some confidence in him. I, 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 think I hope. Through. Did you I like? Hope. Did you like um my finest my work finest yet? work? Not really. Oh, I was into it. I um, was good. I, once again, it just kind of made me yearn. Yeah. Um, it just didn't do anything new for me, which mm-hmm. was kind of a shame. Like, I thought that uh, Are You Serious was a really fun development. Yeah. And there was a lot more, like, different stuff going on on that one. Agree. Um, but I thought that there wasn't a whole lot of development from there yeah, on re- my finest work yet. He reined it in, but I don't necessarily mind that. I just I just thought it was a good, good record. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do love him though. It's just a problem that I love his early work so much. Yeah. Um. So now, on his new work, as much as I also do really enjoy it, it makes me kind of want for that more immature yeah. kind of style of his. I, I will also say, this new song, which I, what is the name of it? I can't remember. Atomized. Atomized. Yes. Um. This new song could have slotted into my finest work yet, no problem. Yeah. Which and is probably why it's a little underwhelming. For I me. hope this album is not my finest work yet again. Yeah. Um. Aside, but the last, the last things I listened to in my like, conf- like you know, I should finally complete Andrew Bird's discography thing that I listened to is the really old stuff from before Weather Station that he did with his band andrew bird's bowl of fire oh okay and i don't know if you've ever heard those do you know the squirrel nut zippers no okay well andrew bird used to be in the squirrel nut zippers they are like a swing revival band from the 90s they're awesome um and it's they're more like that so if you want to hear like some andrew bird do like 1920s swing music Uh there's three records of that and they're great (laughs) they're really good interesting yeah yeah, I do. Nef- I I definitely need to to dive deeper into him because what I do know of his, I absolutely adore. Yeah, he's great. He's he's just such a unique, a unique artist. I think. And he whistles. He does whistle. The whistles are so fun. Um, okay, next we have Post Animal with Puppy Dog. I like this one. I like this one too. Yeah. Um, I thought that there was enough like instrumental detail in it, yeah. and I like the little tempo changes. Yes. I thought there was definitely enough going on to keep it from being like samey dance pop. Post Animal does that really well, like that. Um they like i would almost compare it to like a hip-hop beat switch like yeah a definitely beat switch in a rap song and they do that in rock songs i think it works really well yeah it's cool yeah um, um yeah they i'm hoping they're putting together a new record because i really like their last one we it's, will uh, see i'm a polyvinyl devotee and they're like a flagship polyvinyl band so i'm mm. excited i hope they've got new stuff coming out my favorite polyvinyl is kkb my favorite polyvinyl is jsom well there you go yeah um next is rachel Chin Chinariri. Chinariri, which with all I ever asked. Yeah. Yeah. I like this one. It didn't really stick out to me. Um I just thought that there were other singer songwriter acts with stronger 
lyrics and presence yeah. that I would have gone to first. I mostly put this one on here because I think she's about to pop off and this is my psychic moment that I think that she's about to get she's about to explode. Okay. Yeah. We will see. We'll yeah. see if we were on it first. I like that song. And then by we the can way. we can cite this. Yes. You can tell people Wikipedia citation. Yeah. <laughs> Go to 162 minutes and uh 5 seconds in my podcast <laughs> and and listen to me predict the future. Um and then the last one is trash fashion, trash fashion the beat goes round parentheses and, and around. around and that is the thing about the song is the beat does in fact go, go round, round and, and around. round in addition to going round it also goes round yeah which was really thrilling yeah um this one it made me laugh but i'm sure it's not as it, it really did not strike me as as horrendously bad as people <laughs> like talk about them as i do wait do people talk about trash fashion i've definitely heard the name i that surprises me because if <laughs> The way I initially found out about trash fashion is I was on the Wikipedia page at age approximately 14. Okay. And I was on the Wikipedia page for synth rock as a genre because I didn't know how to discover new music. <laughs> and so that was how I found some bands like um fucking like Interpol and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But trash fashion was also on the list of like notable synth rock acts notable and i am like 99 percent sure someone in the band put it there, put it there. and waited for someone <laughs> and, to find it and yeah. take it out yeah and they're just like gloriously just shitty like I they can't... they remind they are very like outsider arty to me yeah, yeah a they're, like bit. they're like outsider art that rc people don't like they are so uncool yeah and like every sense of for the sure word. it's the, very like naive <laughs> the sounds they are pulling from have not been cool for like 20 years yeah and it's kind of charming though they have been, yeah it's so charming they've been writing this like stupid rave shit for like 20 years yeah now. it's so good i i don't know i loved this song it is stuck in my head right now after yeah. you said the title and the beat goes round and the beat goes round in round, in round. it's good it's yeah. a good song i liked the lyric where he was like talking about looking in the mirror and he wants his nose to be thinner and he <laughs> wants to be 10 or 20 years younger i was like how old are you yeah, they're like 40 <laughs> there's, there's an album of theirs called um why can't we be friends that is so stupid it is like deliriously stupid <laughs> and i have loved it for like seven to eight years at this point oh my god um, it is just garbage music all around and i mean that in like the most flattering way possible a very affectionate way so affectionate like i kiss this pile of trash yeah um i this is my official stake flag stake is twitter's first trash fashion stand gotcha yeah man you know i'm sure they appreciate you i hope they do i hope they appreciate this podcast shout out because i love them i'm so devoted that's like when i find well, I don't find I'm recommended like a band that I look on Spotify sometimes. I, sometimes Spotify is just a good metric because it shows the listeners to yeah. see like how popular a band is. And they have like I found one that had seven monthly listeners. Nice. And I was like, they don't need they. This band is from like 1997. Yeah. They haven't they've released two albums. I am one of seven people on the globe right now who's listening to this yeah. album. Who the fuck? <laughs> I was linked this fucking album by someone in my Discord server um rock rocket i think it was it's by this this collective called dealers of god okay and i think the album is called visions of drugs <laughs> visions of bodies being burned part two <laughs> visions of drugs it's actually visions of fuel um it is 
one of the most bizarre things I have ever listened to. It's like two hours long Mm -hmm. of like stream of consciousness rap, but it's almost like parody rap. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about like eating cocaine and Mm -hmm. like doing cocaine. It's like all about like smoking crack for like two hours and there's all like this like sound play and like there's multiple songs over 10 minutes Mm -hmm. um i think there's one song that's like 25 minutes Mm -hmm. it's just like absolute batshit nonsense for two hours and it had like three monthly listeners i was like how did you find this yeah how did you find this to recommend it to me all i find i find my most obscure albums from uh an instagram page called just recommend album okay the dude's super cool he finds the most insane shit yeah he found the one by adam smasher which is the one that has seven listeners yeah um it's this it's the album up and adam which is very funny that's a good title um i like that album it's very charming it's cute um it's very much that like sort of the the garagey like bouncy 90s rock Uh style they're cute but he he mostly listens to now like traditional like local folk Mm-hmm. like he'll post like yeah this is like lithuanian folk traditional i'm like okay and then sure. i listen to it and i'm like this is great how did you find this like there's one akaraki by Senyawa. i've mm-hmm. talked about this before scariest album i've heard in my life yeah it, horrifying <laughs> okay like it sounds like uh, like a it is just it's just a, a very intense album is it like noise or is it it's like... no it's malaysian traditional folk oh okay um with like with like punk not punk how do i describe this with like post-rock elements okay it's just a really crazy album yeah um but i was i was listening to while i was getting ready for class one day and it actually stopped me in my tracks <laughs> i was like what am i listening to but yeah he, he's he's not so bonkers he's not so bonkers yeah as opposed to boku bonkers yes yeah he's not so though um yeah so there's my plug i guess yeah there's some good plugs yeah all right are you plugged or clogged Oh, I'm fully, fully clogged. Okay. Just making um, sure on that one. Deeply clogged. Because I'm I'm drained now, if you couldn't recall. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just just a little bit. I'm I'm my the water's starting to go down a little bit. Yeah, you have like a little a, a steady stream. <laughs> yeah. P. Yeah. P. 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 Um, so with that, we're gonna sashay our way out. Yeah. Um Um make sure to follow us on Twitter. We have a Twitter page now. We do have a Twitter page. It is called um at presses, presses cast. cast. Yeah. Um, at Presses Cast, hot on the Presses podcast. Um, yeah, you can you can follow us on Twitter. I will put that in the description. Yeah, we'll we'll I'll post on there when we put out new shit. Um, we are also now making Spotify playlists for each um, like ev- everything we bring up exhaustively. Yeah, I'm, I'm putting it all in a Spotify playlist, and we'll get that in the description of the uh, of the of the video here yep. and on SoundCloud and everything too. Um, and yeah, I think that's I think that's about all we got to plug. That'll be about it. Yeah, that'll. I think that'll. I think that'll do us. Uh, that'll do us. I'm Sophie. Would you like to plug your live show? Actually, um, yeah. Um, when Wednesdays, uh, 5 p.m. I do a Scad Radio live show. Scadradio.org. Um, you can also listen on. I believe Radio FX. Radio FX is the name of it. Yep. Um, yeah. It's an app. It's an app. I do a one-hour show. Um, keeping it clean with DJ Soap. Um. I'll do like weekly themes sometimes, but mostly it's just cool stuff I like. And sometimes I'll play stuff that we've mentioned on this podcast. Yep. Yeah. Um, mine is Thursday nights from 11 or from nine to 11 PM. Um, I'm the only after dark show. So that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I did that is because after 10 PM, 
you're allowed to play cursing so we can play spicy stuff you can play swear words um i definitely am the alternative to sophie's show well you know you could you could actually play blade at all hours of the day oh because he's a good boy no cussing he's a soft boy yeah so i my show is kind of the opposite of sophie's where it's a little bit more challenging and i like to play stuff that kind of expands on different areas of taste um starts out normally a little bit lighter and then we get into some some different stuff towards the end but uh, yeah, that is also scatterradio.org, uh, little, the little bar at the bottom with the play button. You can just listen through there. Yeah. Um, Radio FX. Uh, and this is all EST, by the way. Um, oh, yeah. We're in Georgia. We are in Georgia. So yeah, if you have any interest in hearing what our taste is outside of the podcast, hearing the basis for our critiques, I guess, yes. then uh, that might be a little, little fun for you. A peek into the brain yes. of a podcast Brains. host. All right. So I think that'll be it. I'm Sophie. I'm Megan. This has been Hot on the Presses. It certainly has. We're still hot. And still on the presses. All right. We'll see you in the next couple weeks. Later. Later. Later.